Welcome aboard! We will be your guides during this magical journey into the movies. It's the perfect job for us because we love the movies. It's showtime! Ready when you are, CB! Action! Welcome to a very special edition of Monorail Radio. I'm Sean. And I'm Jackie. And we are back from our trip to Walt Disney World to celebrate Disney 50. And our anniversary, but okay. And our five-year anniversary, but those people that were following us on social media, our friends, they don't care about that. They care about Disney 50. This is true. And yes, if you've been following us, welcome back. If you're new here, welcome. Please excuse me. Forgive the vocal fry. It's not usually like this, but that's how you tell we got back from a successful trip because I screamed at you through a mask for... (laughs) Almost 10 days, and now I've got the amusement park crud going on. This is not normally how I sound, so I'm sorry. Let's talk about this trip. And look, for those who have been with us, to your point, you guys know us. We're an open book. We love Disney. We love the magic, but we don't wear mouse-colored glasses all of the time. I'm saying that because for those who may be joining us for the first time, we are pretty much uncensored. We don't use foul language, but we're pretty much very much to the point. You know, we don't like to beat around the bush very much, and we like to give you a real authentic reaction to everything that we experience. Especially with me being a vacation planner, I'm never going to sugarcoat everything because I want everyone to know exactly what to expect. I would never want somebody that booked through me to go in on a blind or think that I wasn't being truthful about it. I also want to throw this disclaimer out here now. Some of the things that we're going to talk about, some of the good and some of the not so good, have nothing to do with Disney, but it's just things that kind of built up over time, one after another. And for us, it was kind of hard to shake on this trip, but it's also valuable information for you. Things that maybe you wouldn't think to do because I I think people got so comfortable with the idea of traveling pre-COVID, right? And you kind of forget to do things like check that flight itinerary, make sure, you know, you're flying into the right airport. Just things that I think so many people took for granted. And I think that's kind of how I want to start this off, right? I agree. I mean... We have been, I want to preface this with we have been taking this trip for now a decade. Sean and I have gone every other year to Walt Disney World. uh, And we've also been to Disneyland in 2018. But we've, this is now our sixth big trip going to Orlando together. And we like to think that we had it down to a science, but we couldn't time anything worth a damn yeah, on this trip. And, and let me say one other thing, too, before we get started here. We have also taken, we take our big extended Disney trip, but we also take, from time to time, quick little Disney trips. We've done weekends. We've done three-day hits. So with that said, this is, in the last 365 days, this is our third trip to the Walt Disney World Resort. But our first time flying into MCO, doing the Magical Express, or not, uh, (laughs) since 2019. Right. Okay, so let's get right into it. Now, we left on a Saturday morning, but I want to go back a couple of days to Thursday. We get an email in regards to our flight, and you earlier that day had said, hey, let's make sure we don't have a repeat of what happened in October. Real quick, in October... 
Southwest never put us on our connecting flight. We were supposed to be on a nonstop. They changed it to have a layover. And we found out the day before they never put us on the connecting flight. Right. And that was not even to Orlando. That was we were going to visit Sean's grandfather in the West Palm area. And right. And uh, this is what this is why we're doing this, because there are a lot of things going on where there's a bait and switch because companies are trying to cut corners and blame it on COVID. That's not the case. They booked us on a nonstop. And next thing we know, there's a layover. Now, to their credit, though, and I was furious at the time, they did get us on a connecting flight and we only got in like an hour later than we were supposed to. So they made it work. Right. That was Southwest, who is dead to us now. Now we're going to tell you about JetBlue, who has a lot of <laughs> a lot of making up to do. You got a lot of explaining to do, JetBlue. So I'm not saying they're dead to us, though, because we do have the credit card. They give out the points. And inevitably, we're going to run yeah. out of airlines. OK, <laughs> we have to stick with somebody. Um, all right. So here's what happened with JetBlue. A couple of months ago, we booked the flight. Like you said, we have the JetBlue credit card. We had a good price. Good price. And we oh, had, well, no, we we had, had the points. points. Yeah. So the, the flight was covered. A nonstop from JFK in New York to MCO. Book it a couple of months ago. It's all well and good. You went because you are the vacation planner. You're our vacation planner as well. You went and entered the information into the Magical Express. Everything took. You had eyes on it. Everything is... Everything's hunky-dory, as they say. Now we get an email the day before the flight. Things to do in New York. And I'm thinking to myself, isn't it strange that they're sending out an email for our return flight almost two weeks ahead of time when I'm not, I have not yet received the information for our flight down. Well, that's because we booked from JFK to MCO and Jackie, what did they do? Without sending an email that our flight was changed, they changed the flight and they put us in the reverse direction. So we were supposed to be landing in New York on Saturday when we were supposed to be leaving. So I get on the phone with JetBlue. And you did everything right. I mean, to your credit, I know you had that moment of panic of did I mess this up? I had eyes on it. Everything was fine. It was correct. And the flight that they put us on, it wasn't even the same time as what we originally booked for. So none of this was your fault. So I get on the phone, I wait like an hour and 20 minutes, and they refuse to do anything to help us. They- Which is an admission of guilt. Right. And it's their it's their mistake, right? So, so th- and they had two other flights that were leaving that would have gotten us in on time because we had Epcot reservations that day which we usually don't do. We usually don't do a park the day we fly in. And I've also, you know, I'm in a couple of Facebook groups for vacation planning and stuff like that. I have been seeing the horror stories of people who have guests traveling and they have a park and like be our guest booked for the first day and, right, and they're late. Bobbity or yeah. something. And I've, I've seen the horror stories and I didn't want to put us in that position, but I figured, you know what? It's only the two of us traveling. We don't have kids, so it's not like we have anything that's going to make or break the day. And usually we're fortunate enough to do this trip for a week and a half, but I couldn't, I was supposed to be wrapped on my current show and I'm not, so I couldn't take the time off. And we shaved a couple of days off the vacation and I promised you that I would get my butt on the Skyliner because we were staying at Pop and we'd be at Epcot in two seconds. So 
there were two flights that could have gotten us in. They're refusing to do anything because, as they said, well, you paid with points. So the only thing that we could have done was cancel the flight out, get our points refunded, get our bags refunded. They wouldn't refund the taxes or fees, those they gave me a credit on. And we had to rebook the flight, which I wasn't in love with because we are like less than 48 hours from departure. And I'm looking at the flight on the website as I'm on the phone with the person from JetBlue. And I'm telling them, I want you to do this. You are the customer service line. Put me on this flight. They refused to do it. The flight was $130 per person. When I go to click it through, it is now $260 per person. So... Uh, that was before the bags. And they also made you cancel right. the existing flight before doing any of this. Right. I would have even been like at that point, I would have been fine, like paying the stupid fee just to make a change. But yeah. They wouldn't even do that. Right. Or pay the difference. Right. They did. They did nothing. So, I mean, look, they did refund the points. They did refund the bags. But now a free flight just became a six hundred and twenty dollar one way. That's what we pay. That we basically paid that to fly round trip to Disneyland. And that's the irony here for us is because we were flying back Delta anyway. So knowing what we know now, we could have just booked a round trip with Delta and probably saved some money there. So I did end up booking on Delta because the Delta flight was actually at the same time we were supposed to be leaving on JetBlue. But again, you're booking last minute. It was still 490 bucks. But 490 versus 620 is I mean, on price alone I'm happy, but it's the principle of the thing. I'm still not happy because let's just round it up and call it 500 bucks on a flight that was supposed to cost us literally nothing. And it's also worth noting we were kind of stuck traveling from JFK. There are other New York area airports obviously, but, but- we were paying for parking and we were locked into that already. We had prepaid the parking because it was significantly cheaper than paying for it, you know, as you arrived. So we had no choice but to do uh, the Delta flight. So long story short, check all of your airline information. Just make sure you're good to go. Don't wait for 48 hours prior to your flight. Start checking a week out at least. So then Saturday morning rolls around. We get through airport security quickly. We we flew in. The drive was quick from Long Island to JFK. Um, we got settled in. Everything was looking good. They get on an announcement. You know, we're going to start boarding in a half an hour. We're going to do this group, this group. Okay, like everything's good, right? And then they make the next announcement. 15 minutes before we are about to board our flight... We are now delayed because the flight crew is late for work at five o'clock in the morning because they're stuck in traffic. First flight out of the day. I mean, I know the Belt Parkway is a disaster, but it's not bumper to bumper traffic at 5 a.m. We made it in in 39 minutes. I know. No, there's there's no excuse. Here's the the thing. Staff is spread too thin. And and this is why against all better judgment, we booked a park day on our travel day, because these are the stories that I've been hearing. And I knew that we were going to run the risk of something like this happening. But 15 minutes before. Come on. Yeah. So like out of the gate, 
no pun intended, we are not off to a very auspicious start, okay? No, we started our food and wine experience at the bar in the airport. Yeah, $25 per mimosa, by the way. You pack your own. Don't don't get the mimosas at JFK. So the flight's delayed. Now, here's the thing. I will say, Delta, I haven't flown Delta since 1994. Beautiful airplane. And when the staff was there, super nice, super attentive. Um, the in the you know the on flight entertainment was great. the The plane itself was clean, it was super smooth. Like I was really impressed with Delta. Oh yeah, I have zero complaints about the flight, the flight crew, except the ones that were late, and the overall experience. It's just the corporate nonsense. But this isn't exclusive to Delta because we have experienced it with other airlines. Right now, here's the trickle down effect. As we've stated a few times, we had Epcot that day. By the time we land and get our bags, because Disney is not collecting the bags right now. They haven't since COVID. You know, it's on you to get your suitcase. It is now almost 12 o'clock in the afternoon. When we were supposed to land, I think at like 10.30 in the morning. Correct. We were going to be in the park by noon. So... And just for food and wine. We didn't have any rides planned for that day. Right. We weren't going to try and virtual queue Remy. It was just to have a day to walk around, eat and drink. So here's the problem. Because we are now so late, we can't wait to take Magical Express. Which we missed our initial one anyway. I mean, right. Disney is good about making sure they get you on another one, but... Again, I've been hearing the nightmare stories about an hour wait for the Magical Express, two-hour wait, and you could tell just by looking at the lines, it was going to take forever. And now we're really up against it, because what we don't want to happen is wait for Magical Express, and now we're down to four hours, five hours in the park, when we were initially going to have almost the entire day. I think we were only going to miss the first two hours. Right. So we end up having to take a cab from the airport to Pop Century, so it's another 70 bucks, which I, I, I for the money, I, as a benefit, Magical Express is great for the convenience. And it's great that it's something that as of right now is included. Obviously, it's not going to be that way in 2022. But it, it is like a 45-minute trip to get to Disney from MCO on the bus because it's a bus. It just can't go that fast. And it's restricted to the kind of roads it can go on. And then sometimes they make multiple stops. Right. It's not like the buses that take you to the parks where you're on your own line, except for the all-star resorts where you, you share the buses. They will stop at Coronado. It, it's like an area hotel. Right. So I think Pop is considered a Disney Springs area hotel. So you you might stop there, Caribbean Beach, Coronado. So with the stopping at other resorts compounded with people now have to be responsible for their own luggage because Disney is not taking it from the airport, you've now turned a 30 to 40 minute drive and experience on the Magical Express to an hour long project. Minimum. Minimum. And that's not including if you have to wait an hour to get on Magical Express. Now you're talking on the ground for two hours before you're even checked into the hotel. And then... Even when you get to the hotel, even though we took the cab, our room wasn't ready. So now what happens? You have to store your bags. We roll up in the cab. 
the exact same time as another Magical Express bus. So we're getting out. All of these people just come off the bus. With their bags. And they're in line trying to do the exact same thing that we are. So that was actually pretty quick. I think we only waited like a half hour. But I can't stress enough. And as I said, we ran the risk. We did this against all better judgment. But what I have been telling everyone that I am booking for is do not make your first day a park day. You need to allow padding for all these extra things, especially if you're traveling with kiddos. So to wrap up the point that I had started to make in regards to this cab, the one benefit to the money spent on the cab is that they had us on Disney property in like 22 minutes. And by, by property, I don't mean passing through the gate. I mean like they pulled up to Pop Century within like 22 minutes. It's very, very quick. But with all of that being said, my my concern at this point is just like, for the amount of time that we were going to be there, we kind of budget like $100 a day per, you know, for dinner. So it's like, we've basically, I mean, listen, we, we obviously were able to have great dinners every night. It's I, I wasn't sitting there with shaking the plastic cup at Disney Springs asking for scraps. But like half of the money that we had budgeted for meals for the entire vacation was out the door before we even got onto a bus to get to Epcot between having to pay for the cab because the flight was late because we had to take that flight because we had the mistake with JetBlue and that cost us money. It was just like an awful lot and we had not even gotten into a park yet. And here I am sitting get, saying get on the bus to Epcot. No, we get to go on the Skyliner. <laughs> Fine by me, not your favorite mode of transportation. Well, before we get into our ride on the death cab, I do just want to make a point of saying, because you mentioned it before, as of December 31st, 2021, the Magical Express is no longer a service that Disney is providing. Now, we can make Bob Paycheck arguments all we want about that, but the fact is they are going to eventually build a train from MCO that drops you off in Disney Springs. Uh, Due to COVID, that project has been pushed back, and we know that Disney ended their contract with Mears, which is the bus service that handles Magical Express, so that's no longer an option, unfortunately. Now, can we blame Paycheck for not renewing that contract for another year until this project is done? Mm, Probably. Um, Can we also blame him for not having minivan up and running? Also probably. What I don't understand is why they are not deploying the minivans as a mode of transportation just to try and alleviate some of the lines for Magical Express and plan to do this next year. It's bad enough you've taken away a free service, but even if you did minivan for 20 bucks a pop from the airport, that's much better than 70 My company is offering a deal for a car service from the airport, so... Shameless plug, broke through me, and I can help you out and handle that so you won't have to spend all this money on a cab. Uh, Which, obviously, we would have done if we would have known that all of this was going to happen. Right, but it was it's something that you do have to book in advance, and we were flying by the seat of our pants by the time we got down there. So I didn't even get to use my own service, but from what I've heard, it's fantastic. Okay, For, for Disney veterans, mistakes were made. Yes. <laughs> so now, if you're still with us 25 minutes later... We're finally getting to the good part, getting to the parks. So, as I said, I'm not the biggest Skyliner fan, but I did promise Sean that that was part of the reason that I was able to convince him to do Epcot on our first day is that Pop Century is a Skyliner resort. It has you to Epcot in like 
10 minutes of travel time, probably less because they go fast. Um, They're perfectly fine. (laughs) No, they are perfectly safe. I'm just not the biggest fan of heights or drops. Like I don't do Tower of Terror. I have not done Slinky Dog yet. I haven't done Splash Mountain in years. I'll do Big Thunder Mountain and I'll do Rock and Roller Coaster and, and that's about as far as I go. So just so that we are clear, you spent two hours, 35,000 feet in the air to go to Disney, but you couldn't spend 10 minutes suspended 50 feet above the ground. I don't like flying, but I do it. I do it when I have to, but that's exactly the point. At all of the Skyliner resorts, unless there is inclement weather, Disney has removed the buses that take you from your resort to either Epcot or Studios. I don't think that's fair because it leaves people like me in an uncomfortable position with no choice. So Number one, cla- you know, claustrophobic. Correct. Number two, you're also creating a lot of traffic at the Skyliner. So while I'm all about reducing emissions and having less buses, you have done nothing to alleviate the flow of traffic by eliminating these buses to get guests to Epcot and studios. So the Skyliner is the only way that you can get there from pop Caribbean Beach, Riviera. I think that's it. And Art of Animation, <clears throat> but I'm lumping that in with Pop. But, but Art of Animation and Pop, <clears throat> excuse me, they share the same station. Now, here's the thing. And the same line. That's the other thing. They feed you in from one place. There's not one line for Pop, one line for Art right. of Animation. When you get ready to board your flight, they merge both resorts into one line. So you do have to time this out because... I will say this for for this particular trip, because, I mean, it basically is an omni mover for the most part. We did not wait more than five minutes to get on a Skyliner this entire trip. So that was super efficient. But the last time we were there in October, we did see a line that was so bad. It was like a 90 minute wait to get on that we ended up having to pay for a cab to get us to Topolino because we were doing breakfast and we could not wait the 90 minutes. We had given ourselves an hour of travel time and we did not have 90 minutes to wait to, to you know, get to our dining reservation on time to do the character breakfast. So I think I would say now I'll just get this out of the way because I promise we're getting into the parks in a second. I would give yourself no less than an hour to get into any park other than Magic Kingdom. I think Magic Kingdom, you need to give yourself 90 minutes, and we'll explain why once we get into our Magic Kingdom day. So, okay, so we're on the Skyliner, which the other thing, the caveat with the Skyliner is that for us, it actually worked out well for our first day, or so we thought. For you. Because we were doing food and wine, but it only brings you in by the International Gateway. It brings you in the backside of Epcot Center through the UK, through France and the UK, so you don't get the view of Spaceship Earth on the way in. Like You see it from a distance on the Skyliner, but you don't pass it on the way in. That's a very good point to bring up, because if you are accustomed to coming in the front and seeing the weenie as the first thing in right. any of the parks... You no longer get that. Now, for us, we didn't care because, like we said, we were just there to eat and drink. So it was all about World Showcase for that afternoon. So as far as just getting from your hotel to where you needed to be easily, 
that was that was quick. That was the quickest part of our day. And by the time we got to Rosencrown and I had a black current in my hand, I didn't care about anything. No flight delays, no wrong flights, no Skyliner, nothing. I was fine. But we brought the cold with us. The high that day was 54 degrees. Here we are leaving New York in winter clothes and staying in them once we get to Epcot. And I had to go out and buy a winter cap. It was that cold. That's never happened to us before. But again, everything was working against us on this trip. I now, mean, the weather's not Disney's fault. Okay, I'm not right. going to hold that against Bob Chapek. I have plenty of things I'm going to hold against him in the next hour or so that we're going to talk here. But I'm not going to be so callous as to blame him, blame the weather on him. Well, five out of six trips, we had beautiful weather. I guess it was time to pay the piper. Yeah. Um, now... Again, there is a trickle-down effect, and I think this this is going to continue your point of really think about how you want to use your time and and really reconsider doing a park on your first day, if that's your travel day, just in case something happens like what happened to us with the flight getting in, because here's herein lies the next problem. The other mistake that we made that we know to never make is to go to food and wine on a Saturday. And we did it anyway because it's always crowded on a weekend at the Food and Wine Festival. It's crowded at every park. But specifically Food and Wine, it's exceptionally crowded. Right. And we also, I mean, we would never change our trip plans because we're there for our anniversary. That's the purpose of spending our anniversary in the parks. Right. But our anniversary is November 12th. We know we're up against Veterans Day. It's a three or four day weekend for most people. So especially going that time, we know it's going to be crowded on the weekends. Back in 2011 on our first trip, I believe we did Epcot on a weekend, but it was totally fine. But it's just not that way anymore. It's very different. I think social media has changed the Disney experience in many ways. Absolutely. I, I don't, I, if I'm being honest with you, coming from people that have Disney branded or Disney inspired social media. Obviously we have this podcast. It might sound kind of strange coming from me, but I think at times it actually has an adverse effect on the Disney experience. I would totally agree. And I felt it more so than ever this trip, but we also weren't there to get content. We're a films podcast. We're, we're doing this for the sake of, you know, giving everyone an honest review of what it's like to travel there now in a post COVID era. But, you know, I wasn't there because I had to go and pay $250 for a ticketed event so that I could post the exclusive gingerbread milkshake on our Instagram. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's an expensive milkshake. Well, we didn't post an awful lot of food of any kind. We ate a lot of it, though. Well, yeah, but we ate a lot of food at Epcot on our first day, and we had a couple of cocktails on our first day. But where did we not get any food or beverage from on our first day? Any of the booths at the Food and Wine Festival. This is the trickle-down effect. Because we missed the first three hours that the park was open, we are now up against crowds because we didn't get there till 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Right, and typically people are doing... I'm going to call it Future World. I don't care what it is. People do that first. Right. You know, you ride soaring, living with the land, test track. You you rope drop those right. bigger attractions, essentially. And then by 12, 1 o'clock, you're done and you're hungry. So you go to World Showcase. And that's exactly when we met all of those people. Right. So we, when I tell you the line for 
because it was cold that day. The, the uh, Canada booth, where they have the little petite filet mignon, but they have the cheddar cheese soup, which is really what they're known for. Which we haven't eaten in years because we've had gorgeous weather, and who wants soup in 90 degrees? Everybody wanted soup that day. The line <laughs> to get the cheese soup went from that booth almost all of the way down to Rose and Crown. It was insane. And then we also had, because now, you know, we've been up since 4.30 in the morning because we flew in. And even though it's only one o'clock in the afternoon, we're we're approaching 12 hours. I'm I'm like dead. I want my Joffrey's. 45 minute wait for Joffrey's. It, this basically was just every single booth. The only booth we did get food from was, what was that, Saucy Swanky Swine? And that was totally worth it. Bar- we did the pork rinds. The with barbecue the, pork rinds with the cheese. It was oh, so good. It was good. But the rest of the day, we ended up doing mobile order for things that already exist, which was fine because we wanted to try Regal Eagle Barbecue, and it was excellent. It was and very good. It was surprisingly quiet yeah because when you're on the one side of the america pavilion by hops and barley where the bathrooms are it's super busy over there this was actually pretty chill on the other side it was i believe that might have been the first mobile order we did in walt disney world we we made use of it in disneyland but i think this was the first time we got food and it was pretty smooth yeah, I don't I think me maybe used it once or twice in October, but like not noteworthy enough where I could remember it like using it at at Disneyland. For coffee. They made me do it they at Pop Century in co- the morning. That's right. But that was that was more COVID protocol because they were only letting you in when your food or drink was ready. Right. And I was I remember I was like it's just for coffee. I really have to mobile order right now, but yes. That was how they were doing things at the time. Um, it's not like that anymore, though. You can totally go into the cafeteria and, and just walk right up and order. Yeah, so Regal Eagle was really good. Um, not what I went to the Food and Wine Festival to have that day, but it was still very good. Um, and by the time we got there, we could have... We tried, I tried, to get a virtual queue for Remy because they opened them up again at 1 o'clock. Yeah, they were gone. Forget that. That never happened. Not Not that day, at least. Um, but the thing was now our entire day sort of shifts because we're sitting there planning on spending the whole day in World Showcase, except I had to mobile order a pretzel from Germany <laughs> because the line was ridiculous. And I did caramel kush because same thing, the line was ridiculous. We've never had it before, and that's not a food and wine thing, but they did have the holiday sandwich, and it was I would have waited in line for that. It was excellent. Caring. It was it was so worth it. It was really so good. good, really good. Uh, but I I had to mobile mobile order a pretzel from a pretzel cart that I've for the last ten years I just walk up to. You know, like it was just ridiculous. And then a lot of them, a lot of the booths were just running out of food uh, because they couldn't keep up with the with the demand. So at that point now our day shifts and we go okay we weren't going to do attractions maybe we think about doing attractions because we're 2 hours in and we're basically done with world showcase because everything is just a nightmare so test track was like a 2 hour wait we said all right we're not going to do that we'll just maybe we'll go shopping i want to put this on people's radar now so that i don't repeat it over and over again spoiler alert he will if you really have your heart set on Disney 50 merchandise as of the time of this recording, 
like for example, I really wanted the spirit jersey that said the world's most magical celebration. The blue one. The blue one. They have not had that since October 1st. They didn't have Christmas ornaments. They hardly had any of the tumblers. They had some notebooks. They had the purple spirit jerseys, which I don't even think were necessarily supposed to be for Disney 50. I think they just tossed a logo on it because they needed something. The, all and, and not just that, all spirit jerseys limited to two people. Not just Disney 50 stuff, everything. And they had a couple of t-shirts, but like nothing really looked like, wow, this is from Disney 50. Like I remember we were there for the 40th anniversary, and there was so much more. Now again, this is not the fault of Bob Chapik that there is a supply shortage because freighters are sitting in the middle of the ocean, and they can't come in. And I guarantee you, half of the stuff that they thought they'd have by now is just floating in the Atlantic with no means of getting here in the near future. Or it's on eBay. I will give them that. Disney did an excellent job with the two per person limit. That's totally fine. However, there's nothing that says, you know, that these Disney shoppers or certain APs can go every single day and do, you know, collect two per day. And now you've got 10 of them that you can resell. So it's unfortunate. It, It happens no matter what. But that is not the fault of Disney that they are running out. Correct. I bring this up because it stands true for whether you were at the Magic Kingdom or Disney Springs at World of Disney. I'm just telling you now, temper your expectations when it comes to the merchandise that you will find. Because honestly, we walked out, we went to go shopping and I said, well, it's Epcot. I'm sure World of Disney's going to have it. And then we went to World of Disney and it was, well, certainly Magic Kingdom will have it. And then Magic Kingdom didn't have it. It got to a point where we were on the monorail bar crawl. We were even going to, like, you know, those deluxe resorts. We were like, well, certainly these shops are going to. No, it's just the stuff's non-existent. And when it does come out, it's totally randomized. And if you are not standing there when the stuff comes out, you will not get it. I mean, I saw I saw rolling carts with with hoodies on them get ransacked. Absolutely ransacked within five minutes. So... They're releasing things very slowly. I'm just, this is my way of saying, temper your expectations. And, and and really, it's it's just a matter of luck at this point when it comes to the 50 merchandise. But also, be nice to the cast members and don't go crazy when they're rolling new stuff out. Correct. Don't hurt anybody trying to grab something that's got the 50 on it. Right. I mean, it, look, it wasn't as bad as the videos we saw on October 1st, but at the same time, you know, don't shove a cast member to get a hoodie. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it for you. It's not worth it for them. Well, no, it's not worth it. You think it's worth it for you because you want your damn hoodie, but it's just not worth it for them. So with that said, there's no merch. The lines were crazy at everything except Spaceship Earth. So we said, all right, we will at least get on this attraction because we've not really done much of anything up to this point in time. And when we get to Spaceship Earth, it breaks down. So we made the decision at that point it's chilly. It's like 5.30 in the afternoon. And 5.30? Yeah, but between 5.30 and 6 o'clock. Thereabouts. We didn't have plans to stay for Harmonious that first night because we had dinner plans at Disney Springs. Right. Um, so we said, all right, let's just go. We'll just get out of here. We'll get to Disney Springs earlier because I 
said, let's go to the aforementioned World of Disney, thinking they would have the merchandise. And we always go to Dockside. We don't kick off a vacation without going to Dockside. The reason we go to Dockside is because we don't do a first day in the parks. That is our first attraction. So what was nice, though, was we walked out of there. And honestly, we were not all that disappointed. Like, were we disappointed that we didn't get to any of the food and wine stops that we wanted to? Yes. Were we disappointed our flight got in late? Yes. Were we disappointed that we had to pay for a taxi cab? Yes. But there was just something about being in Epcot. You know, I have sung the praises of Epcot. Uh, other than Magic Kingdom, which is in a class all of all onto itself, I think Epcot is my favorite place to be, like, in the world. So, And not just Disney World. I'm talking the planet. Just being able to walk around Epcot Center and take it in and hear some of the music and, you know, to have a pretzel and to grab a beer, a black and tan at Rose and Crown, like, it was still just nice to be there. Absolutely. None of the things that we were disappointed by really were any fault of Disney. They were all choices that we made as far as, like we said, doing a park on the first day, having to deal with the crowds. We knew what we were getting ourselves into. The one thing... I do want to say where I was disappointed in Disney. I, yeah, I think you were about to bring it up because I was going to bring it up. Yeah, before we go over to Disney Springs is that you can tell where the staff is being spread far too thin. Because one of the things that I always love about Disney is that it's clean, mm-hmm. that you never have to worry. This is why people eat off of trash cans and it's perfectly acceptable. We went in October you know, when things were still pretty bad, as far as the pandemic goes, not at Disney, but I'm saying, you know, we were there, we did Epcot, again, no rides, and we just wanted to be there for food and wine. And it was a perfectly fine experience. And I felt totally safe. We went again in March of 21, just for a quick overnight, we stayed at Coronado, we did Disney Springs, again, totally safe. Everything was clean. You could still see all of the extra precautions taken for covid with the extra hand washing stations the uh hand sanitizer everywhere yep um they took they have since removed the extra hand washing stations the hand sanitizer is spread few and far between and i would say you had a 50 50 shot that there was hand sanitizer in it because they weren't really keeping up with it Um, I will say that, I mean, I saw a lot of cast members with a jug of the sanitizer getting ready to refill. Like I did see where it was being replenished, but like, this is where the trickle down effect happens of being spread too thin because you really couldn't keep up with the volume of these crowds. And I'm not going to say that I didn't feel safe, but what really was upsetting to me was how much garbage and litter was all over the floor. How many tables weren't wiped down? First of all, that is not something I have ever worried about at Disney. It's something It's something that I've never seen at Disney. Um, you know, when it's busy, sometimes you get a table that wasn't wiped down once in a while. But I have never seen these parks trashed. And they were, and that was disappointing. I'm not talking about full trash bins. I am just talking about the amount of garbage on the floor. And first of all, it's like, shame on you if you can't pick up after yourself. Just out of courtesy to the staff and out of respect for the place that you love. 
But it's also disappointing to know that the staff is just overworked and spread too thin and they can't stay on top of it. And I'm sorry, but there's really no excuse for that when Walt himself would go around picking up trash because he loved his park so much. The bathrooms outside Rosen Crown, the sinks were backed up, spilling, uh, you know, spilling out onto the floor. No one was mopping it up. The fountain outside had candy wrappers inside the fountain. I've never seen the Disney parks look like this. And look, I'm not going to get into politics on this show. People need to start going back to work. That's just where we're at at this point in time. People need to start going back to work. That's column A, but column B is that Chapek is notorious for not treating the staff members well. Bingo. And nobody wants to work for him. Uh, compounded with nobody just wants to work, period. They don't want to work for him. Uh, yeah, and there's there's certainly there's a reflection in that attitude. And we had some interactions with cast members that were spectacular. It's what you expect them to be. And then we had some that we will kind of unpack for you as we move through our days here. And I promise we're going to pick up and move on uh, in just a moment here. That I've never had a cast member tell me that they hated working there until this trip. And it was... Several. Several times. And people that were not disnifying their opinions and were not holding back on how they felt about Bob Chapek. So, uh, like, the thing is, ultimately, I get where they're not motivated because they're getting treated like garbage from this guy. Excuse me. But at the same time, there is a certain amount of, I, I get it, it's your every day, it, but we did spend a lot of money to come here. These families spent a lot of money to come here. These, you know, these kids, a lot of them, it's their first time here. But that also doesn't take responsibility off of you as a consumer. Don't throw trash in a fountain. Don't throw garbage in a planter. Don't drop something on the ground and just leave it. You know what I'm saying? Like, the door swings both ways. Like, they have to keep up with it, but you have to have some accountability on a consumer end. Especially when, that's the other thing. There are receptacles everywhere. There are so many of them. They're, They're like every couple of feet. There's truly no excuse for you to not throw your trash out. There's just not. So, with that being said, that was our first day in a park, and... I would still do it all over again. Like we're sitting here, you know, listing our grievances. And as we said, some of them are our own fault, but I'm never, and I think this is part of the problem. And I almost don't even want to put it out there because this is what Chapek knows. I would do it all over again in three seconds. He knows that people are going to come no matter what, but that's no excuse to be allowing the parks to be treated like this. I want to put a pin in that because I actually, what you just said is something I have noted for how I want to wrap this episode up from my perspective. Yeah, it is part of a bigger conversation in the overall broad strokes look at the at the trip. So we leave, we go to Disney Springs, um, we try to go shopping, everything is, you know, basically emptied, um, as we explained before. We went to uh, Dockside, we got our margaritas, we got to see our friend Lisa and her family. The first of 10 groups of people that we knew <laughs> that were traveling the same time as us. We've never had more than like maybe one group of people we know traveling. But yeah, she was one of 10. 
groups. And, and, and so this is part of the bigger conversation, right? There are just a lot of people that are jonesing to get to Disney now because they've been locked inside their house for nearly two years. I think it's safe to assume. I don't like to just assume things. I don't like to spread rumors, baseless rumors on this podcast. But let me throw this out here now. I think these parks are back at 100% capacity and Disney's not saying anything about it. Absolutely. Because the lines that we saw over the course of this entire trip, there's no way that these parks are still operating at a limited capacity. It's just not possible. Yeah, you could just tell by looking at the food and wine lines. Like, we knew being there on a weekend it was going to be a little crazy, but to be running out of food? Yeah, it was, it was, it was shocking to see, specifically at food and wine. So, after we see Lisa, our very, very, very dear friends, who I promise we've seen in spite of the fact that you've never seen a picture of them with us, Brendan and Catherine from Detour to Neverland. Three times we saw them and didn't get a picture. Um, We went and had dinner and drinks with them at Paddlefish. Let me tell you something. For all of the problems I just mentioned with food and beverage at Epcot, you leave that at the door the minute you walk into Paddlefish. That's one of our favorites. This was our third third time dining there. And every time, just consistently excellent. Yeah, uh, the server was great. Um, the food was outstanding. Uh, they were attentive. It was clean. And it's like, it was just so nice to see Brendan and Catherine. And that was the first of three times that we saw them. But it was just like so nice. I, I mentioned in the October trip review and the March recap that it was it's just nice to see people out and about again. Specifically, nice to see people out and about again at Disney. And because this was the first time that... You know, we could walk around Disney Springs without a mask on and we could like actually hold a conversation with with people. And, you know, yeah, you put your mask on when you enter the the restaurant before you sit down, then you take it off again. But like this was the most normal it felt. And it was very relieving to get that feeling of normal again. Agreed. So we had a really first we had a really good first day in terms of our dinner. So now, again, because Jackie and Sean trip over themselves the whole trip, we get back to the hotel. Our room is ready. I just, I also want to shout out Brendan for driving us back to the hotel and not putting me on the Skyliner. So thank you, Brendan. Yeah, multiple times. Thank you, Brendan. Um, We get back to the hotel. We ordered from Garden Grocer, who we've mentioned on the show a number of times, and we've been using them for 10 years. That never had a problem. When they give us our groceries, they only gave us the drinks, which is not the worst thing in the world. I mean, if we were going to get anything, they had our our heart seltzer and our water. And if that was all they gave us the entire trip, well, we would have survived. But we had no food. So <laughs> I had to email them that night and like immediately, like late at night too. Like they emailed me back at like midnight. They were like, we are so sorry. This was an oversight on our end. You'll have your groceries in the morning. We're sending it out first thing. So we did get the groceries when we got back from Magic Kingdom at the end of the second day. But the point is, we didn't have it for the first morning, so we didn't have breakfast in the room like we usually do. We didn't pack the backpack with snacks like we usually do. So we made a conscious effort to try and get out of the room fairly early to get to Magic Kingdom. It was a Sunday. We knew it was going to be busy. And now we know that we have to take an extra stop to get a bite to eat. So we make our way down um, 
to the buses. And the the buses for Magic Kingdom, they're by far in terms of and, and again, it speaks to the crowds and it speaks to where things are being cut back because of I hate to, I, I hate to say it like this, quote unquote COVID, because it's kind of become a fallback, I think, for a lot of Chapix cost cutting. Um the bus line is ridiculous. No, it's the worst bus line I've ever seen at Walt Disney World. Granted, we were trying to get to Magic Kingdom at peak time because this is, well, this goes back to JPEG 2. Instead of getting extra magic hours at night and then rotating through the different parks, you're getting an extra sometimes an hour, sometimes a half hour. I think it's hour on the weekends and half hour on a weekday. Uh, as a resort guest. So you get to go to the park early. Now, to get through security and have your bag checked, especially if you're traveling with a family, you have to check the strollers, and then you want to rope drop a ride, it's totally worth it getting there early. The trickle-down effect is actually getting there on these buses because everybody is trying to do the same thing. I have never seen a line for Magic Kingdom so bad. So we were told that it would be about a 90-minute wait. I mean, there had to be there had to 300. Be five, I would say 500. Yeah. There had to be 500 people waiting. On this line. Yeah. It, it was, I mean, the, the, everyone was snaked through the queue and then all the way down from the from the Magic Kingdom bus queue. To Bell back, Services. Back up to Bell Services, yeah. It was, it was a mess. Like, and we I, were like, if we're going to stand back here anyway, you may as well get an Uber. Right, because Uber, we were estimated for I think like a seven minute wait and an eight dollar Uber fare to get to Magic Kingdom. So we go, okay, you know, let's just do it because it means more to me at this point in for a penny, in for a pound, just as Disney wants, even though Disney doesn't own the Uber, um, in for a penny, in for a pound. I just want to get to Magic Kingdom, especially after what happened on the first day. Right. And I'm trying so hard to rehab it. I'm like, we can fix this now. To be fair, the buses were pretty consistent. I mean, in the time that it took our Uber to get there, we saw maybe three buses. Con- and they they were the big ones. The, the, the doubles. Double, yeah. Um, I would say we saw about three or four before our Uber even came. So they were sending them. Right. But, but what was- we didn't want to run the risk of, and this was a choice that we made, was, well, what happens if those three or four buses take off with all these people and then it's 10 to 15 minutes before you see another one. If they weren't going to just keep sending them consistently and keep feeding people to the Magic Kingdom, we didn't want to wait. So we knew guaranteed seven minutes will be there. It was worth it for us. Well, and the other thing that I should mention here, and it's it's something to keep in mind if you are traveling with somebody who is going to be using a scooter on the trip, um, there are only a certain amount of scooters. I think it's only two, maybe three, three that they can fit on each bus and it takes time to load them in which it's which it's fine i'm not saying that they're moving too slow you have to be very careful these are people that are taking a scooter for a reason so be patient with them be patient with the driver but i remember the scooter line being exceptionally large that day and they were it was always big groups that were traveling it right. wasn't like a scooter with two people it was a scooter with seven people like uh, just knowing how long it would take to get all of those people on, 
it was just going to slow it down more and more and more. And I think that's why the buses were also backing up. So we get an Uber driver. She was lovely. She was super nice. Um, she had a 4.9 rating, had a thousand rides under her belt. And somehow, some way, because it's Sean and Jackie on this Disney trip, did not know how to get to Magic Kingdom because she'd never driven there before. She had only ever driven to Epcot, Studios, Springs, and but knew how to get to Universal. How, with over a thousand rides, when you are running and operating an Uber from Disney property, have you never driven to the Magic Kingdom? I mean, the odds are... Clearly not in our favor, but I was going to say the odds are very slim. Um, I mean, it could be a thousand rides from the airport. It, it could be the Orlando area. Disney could be a new thing. It's it's not her fault. Well, it's really not her fault. The reason being that she's never been to Magic Kingdom more than likely is because they had the minivan service. So who are you going to book with? Uber can go on Disney property. It's not like minivan had blocked Uber out. And I think Lyft was doing the minivan. I think that was the partnership. Correct. But you could still take an Uber. Right. They never blocked out the service entirely. They just tried to offer an alternative. But that's what lowers the odds of doing this ride to Magic Kingdom is because they had the minivans. And this is where it's like, hello, Disney, you're losing money here because we had to. I mean, they're never going to lose money. Right. But we booked an Uber when we could. We would have booked through you. Right. So after avoiding the TTC and eventually having to get dropped off at the Contempo, which your friend had 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 a dining reservation at Contempo because they were meeting us because we we really didn't want to have to deal with the TTC because I saw videos and photographs that the monorail was crazy at the TTC and it would have been no better than waiting on the bus. We ended up getting dropped at Contempo. She had to turn around and leave right away. This is worth noting, though, because unless you have a reservation, they are not allowing you to just go and visit resorts. Right. Our friend's a local. He made a reservation because he knew he was meeting us, like Sean said. Um, but he also knew he was going to have to do that unless he wanted to park at the TTC. Right. So we get into Magic Kingdom, and Magic Kingdom was an absolute zoo. I, have n I can't recall any time in my life when I, when I can recall seeing that many people in the Magic Kingdom at one time. We realized very quickly that we were going to have to... Now, we allowed two days in each park except for Animal Kingdom. So right. we realized very quickly that on our second day in Magic Kingdom, we were going to have to do Genie Plus and use the Lightning Lane if we wanted to do anything. Because on principle, we didn't want to pay for it because Fast Passes were free. Right. And because... We're two people and nine times out of ten, if it's a roller coaster I go on, you know, we'll wait it out. But for you, you can do single rider most of the yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and we didn't think we were going to have to rely on it. We did not want to. But we realized very quickly that if we were going to want to do something other than just walk around the park and drink Joffrey's, we were going to have to suck it up and do it. So the first day, I mean, it actually ended up kind of being a blessing in disguise because we got to do things that we normally skip over and would yeah. never make the time so to do. So there was something to be said for that. For sure. I mean, is a 40-minute wait 
No, actually, 40 minutes isn't that bad for Haunted Mansion. But like, yeah, that's average. An hour wait for Haunted Mansion. We were kind of like, really? And we opted not to do it. And instead, we did things like the Liberty Bell, which you and I have never done together in 10 years of it's going crazy, there. Crazy, right? Uh, Tom Sawyer Island, which I haven't done since I was a kid. I had never done Tom Sawyer Island. I'm 35. I'd never been there before. Let me tell you, people are sleeping on Tom Sawyer Island. Maybe it's more popular in Disneyland, but it was so quiet there. And it was fun. It was so much fun. I mean, it's a little, it's a little, I don't want to say a hike because there's a, but there's a lot of hills. So I would recommend doing it earlier on in your day so that you're not, you know, you haven't been through a full day at the park and then you got to climb up things. Yeah, don't go with the scooter because there's also those caves. I don't think you could maneuver through them. No, definitely don't recommend it for that. But it was so much fun. Like if I was a local, I would seriously just go and have a picnic there. Yeah, because they have like a whole dining area back there with picnic tables and nobody utilizes it. There's plenty of bathrooms. I couldn't believe how big it was and how much was back there. I really enjoyed being on Tom Sawyer Island. So, yeah, there was something to be said for skipping Genie Plus and and not utilizing it that day. But I think you and I were also, at that point, our mentality was, let's make the best of this because we knew the second we set foot in Magic Kingdom... As to to your point, as you just said, we knew we needed the Genie Plus for the second day. We weren't going to do it for the first day. So we said, let's make the best of this, temper our expectations, which is going to be the recurring theme for this review, within reason. Temper your expectations and just kind of do what you can to strategize the best day that you can. And that's also not to say that we didn't get on anything. This was about midday when we started striking out. We started our day in Tomorrowland and we, well, we started the confectionery because we didn't have breakfast because we didn't have Garden Grocer. Um, And to circle back to Garden Grocer real quick, I do want to say the cast member at Bell Services was the same the night that we didn't have everything as when we went to pick up. He knew who we were right away. He had he, it ready. He was so wonderful and making sure we got what we need. Like the follow-up, he was just excellent. And Garden Grocer did have the groceries delivered before 10 o'clock that morning. But yeah. we were already we just didn't. Payment. We just didn't get them until much later on. Um, but anyway, we did the confectionery. We went to Tomorrowland. We got on Buzz Lightyear. That's always the first ride of our trip. We did the Carousel of Progress. We did the People Mover. Right. Uh, all within reasonable lines. It was then when we started sneaking our way into Fantasyland. I mean, we typically don't do Storybook Circus. We'll do the Barnstormer once in a while. I wanted to go to Potato Land. I forgot to go to Potato Land. Uh, but we don't really go back there unless we're doing Very Merry. Because yeah. there's so much there for Very Merry. And admittedly, I mean, we're not with kids. So, it you know, I don't need to go on Dumbo that bad where I'm going to take the spot of a family that wants to go on it, you know? Right. And, like, usually if we jump on the Barnstormer, it's because there's a five-minute wait. It was like a 90-minute wait for the Barnstormer. That's that's kind of when I was like, yeah, this is going to be a long day. And part of it also, too, so we're going through Fantasyland. Part of it is because PhilharMagic was not open yet. Right. We got to experience that on our second day in Magic Kingdom, but you really don't realize how much of a value rides like that are or attractions like that are because their people sucks, and they take people off of the line. Yeah. So... To have that closed, to not have parades, that's also the tell of how crowded it was this day. There were no cavalcades. None. We did not see any 
And I think that's because it was just too crowded. Why? Because you're operating at 100% capacity. Yeah, too much foot traffic. And then um, Country Bears had broken down. So right. that's another show that no one can Great get into. Point. So that's that's how we ended up on things like Liberty Bell and Tom Sawyer. Because now, as I said, we started in Tomorrowland. We sneaked away our way all the way around the back. And then we just started striking out. So at that point, we were literally walking past the Liberty Bell and it was taking off. So we were like, all right, let's jump on it. So we get through all of that, and that was just in time for us to go have lunch at Skipper Canteen, which at this point in time has become my favorite restaurant to eat at at Magic Kingdom. It is so consistent with the quality of the food. I've never had a bad meal there. I think we've dined there now four or five times. I think so. Um, And the cast members there are 100% committed to all of the Jungle Cruise jokes. They they really are an extension of the skipper. Um, the only, Especially Robert, who was our server. He was, he was awesome. fantastic. The only, the only snag we hit was we checked in for our reservation, um, and they told us, okay, it'll be about 15 minutes, which is average at Disney. We didn't sit for nearly an hour. And when one of the, I guess she must have been a supervisor, she noticed that we had been sitting there with your friend for, um, an ex- you know, obviously it's an extended period of time. They asked, yeah, I mean, each of us took a bathroom trip at some point during this wait. And then I walked around looking for merch again, seeing like, oh, right. did they pull something out over, you know, on Main Street. Um, we think that they probably gave your table away, gave our table away, because when she asked for our name, she looked on the computer and we could kind of see her face drop. <laughs> and yeah. we were like, oh, that's not good. And they were like, you will have the next table. And we were and I looked and I said, yeah, they gave the table away. But like within two minutes, like they had us sat down, like they made it right. And out of four or five experiences there, this is the one time that we ever had an issue. I mean, but the food was so good. I didn't even care. And there oh, were, honestly, yeah. there was nothing. I. I don't. This is going to sound weird to say. There was nothing else to do at Magic Kingdom, but because the lines were so long, I wasn't really like enthusiastic enough to go wait two hours to go on Pirates of the Caribbean. So it's like I will gladly wait if it means I can get off my feet and sit in the you know sit inside and have a nice meal. Right, because at this point, I mean, we had almost a 24-hour day because of flying in the day prior. Well, I I wouldn't even go to sleep the night before from Friday night. That's that's also kind of worth noting. I was severely dragging through our first day, and I hadn't quite recovered yet because we got up early to do Magic Kingdom to no avail because of those buses. So... And, and we were with our friends, so we kind of knew this day was not all about attractions anyway. I was looking forward to a much-needed break. Um, I mean, Skipper Canteen has become a staple of every trip. Like you said, the food's great. I, I just love the theming in there. If you haven't checked it out yet and you love the Jungle Cruise, it's totally worth it. I I dare say, well, I don't want to say I like it better than Trader Sam's because Trader Sam's is amazing, but... We also haven't been to Trader Sam's in a long time because now that's the worst kept secret on property. Like this is so much more accessible and it's one of like three places you can get the special Congolouche beer. The last time we were in Trader Sam's was in Disneyland. Yes. Oh my God. Back in 2018. Wow. So we have been to Disney World no less than four times since our trip to Disneyland. 
And that was the last time we were in a Trader Sam's. Right. So the meal was great. And we had a really good time. And then your friend Joe, our friend Joe, um, he took off because he was done. And you and I. He was a trooper. I have to say this. As a local, he did like an eight hour day with us, which was more than I thought he was going to give us at that point. Especially with the crowds. If there was any question whether or not he loves us. That's the answer right there. So he took off because he had things to do that evening. We stuck around. We got on a couple of attractions. Um, but at that point, because the lines were so long, we said, why don't we? It is now it's about 630. Mm-hmm. Why don't we go stake a claim to a spot for Enchanted? Well, I'll tell you why not. Because a lot of people were already there. And sidewalks that look empty, the cast members keep filtering you through because they need to keep the walkways empty. Which I Which understand. I yeah. It's it's a safety thing, but this also goes back to what can we monetize and how annoying that is. Yeah. I know everybody loves hubgrass. I know you love to smell it. However, it was much better when you could just grab a spot to watch the fireworks and just walk up pretty much as the show was starting. And then leave the parks instead of having to stake your claim on a space, which is really a fruitless endeavor, as as we learned, because we were there for an hour and a half. We waited. It was fine. We met another couple behind us. They were lovely. You know, you strike up a conversation. You have some fun while you're waiting because you're all in the same boat. And then at about 10 to 8 before the show started, the cast members start filling in all of the empty space. Which and directing people to do it. Yes. And it's like, at that point, why do I have to wear my mask inside if you're going to cram us into this like sardines? Yeah, because now you are shoulder to shoulder with people. No. And COVID aside, that's just annoying. Yeah. I should be able to stand in this park that I paid to be in and watch this show and not have to worry about being, you know, elbowed. Yeah. Um, and that's not even the worst of it. This is just as far as having to get a spot an hour and a half early. We have, obviously, a couple of opinions on the new fireworks show. But for me, they are admittedly crowded because there was a whole sideshow going on next to us. I feel like I still haven't been able to give this show a fair shake. I want to talk about the sideshow. And then I want to talk about the fireworks show. Because I think that... It's not fair to talk about the fireworks show itself without talking about the sideshow that was going on next to us. Because I just want to paint the scene for you, our friend who is following along. And if you still are, if you still are God love you. Um, I want to paint the scene so that you kind of understand what our mindset was as this show was taking place. As Jackie said, they're filling in all available space. So, and, and look, it's this happens... At Disney, it's not a surprise. You stake a claim for a, a fireworks show or a parade, and this was happening before COVID. Um, there's always going to be that person that shows up five minutes before and rams you with a stroller and tries to put their kid up on their shoulders in front of you. It, that always happens. Or line cutters, you know, it, all the time. You wait the hour, and then somebody else is holding the spot for their family that all shows up and, and ducks under. Oh, like the woman that put her hand in your face on Small World and flicked her wrist in your face. 
I sometimes regret having monorail radio merch made up for ourselves that we have to wear and represent ourselves in the park because it was if just I so wasn't where I was I'll say so it rude. I would have thrown hands if I was not in our gear. It was just so. But rude. then you don't want to be on TikTok as look at the crazy girl from Monorail Radio mm-hmm. getting in a fight. Would have been worth it though. We could use the publicity. So <laughs> they fill in all the available space, and here's the thing: like I don't care. When the dad walks up and he's got his kid on their shoulders because I'm 35. I am not five. I am not six. Have I paid a a king's ransom to be at Disney? Yes. Do I want to have my view blocked after standing there for for 90 minutes to see the show? No. But I'm never going to lose sight of the fact that it is, after all, a place for children and for the children inside of you. But... I the child the child inside of me has been going to Disney World for 31 years. Okay, so like I will I will check myself at the door. It means more to the kid to see it and it means more for the parent to have their child there than it does to me. And I'm not going to lose sight of that. Right no, and even for me, I mean not not to dismiss what you're saying, but you're 62, I am 52, but even as a shorter person, I don't care that I can't see if your kid is on your shoulder. First of all, you look up, you're going to see fireworks no matter what. And I don't care about castle projections. That's not what I'm there for. I'm there for a fireworks show. So that's fine. I don't need to see video content. But it's about the kids. It's not about me. I know childless millennials without kids there, you know, they get the bad rap, but... You, you can't, this is why we get the bad rap, because some people lose sight that it should be about the families. So with that being said, this guy rolls up, this family of like six people, and at first, I didn't mind because the kids were little. They're, they're, they're dancing and they're singing, and are they bumping into people and stepping on feet? Yeah, but they're excited to be at Disney. I'm not going to get mad at a kid for being excited to be at Disney World. No. But the way that this family rolled up, you just kind of knew. Yeah. You just knew something was going to happen. So as soon as the fireworks show starts, the dad takes out his iPad. And not like not like the seven-inch mini. The, the thing was basically a flat-screen television. He, he takes it and he puts it up over his head to, so that he can live stream the fireworks show. People behind us, and the one woman was in a scooter, um, and they had a little boy with them. Same, you know, five, six years old. And they say, please put your iPad down. We can't see. And Disney has already banned selfie sticks and anything of that nature that's going to block the views. I always bring my camcorder to Disney, but I never hold my camcorder higher than eye level. Because I don't want to block the view of the person behind me. It's just common courtesy. And if I can see it with my eyes, then it means I can see it with my camera. But this guy has it above his head. And they have to tell him like three times, put it down. Eventually he does. Then he puts the kid up on the shoulders. And, you know. Which is fine. That's not the issue. That's fine. But then he puts the kid down to pull the iPad out again. And now he's got the spotlight on the iPad. 
And so now he's got this spotlight illuminating on other people, but to make matters worse, they switched it into like the selfie camera. So then they turn to show like the family like laughing and singing with the fireworks show, and all of the people standing behind them are getting this light in their face. And it's now it's not just the people behind them. Like you could see the head start turning from people, like just anybody in their general vicinity. And the whole time, people, please put your iPad away, put your iPad away, put your iPad away. Guy will not stop. So the woman standing behind us has had enough and says, I'm asking, she's like, put your iPad away. I'm asking you for the last time. She goes, my kid cannot see these fireworks. And she did everything right. Yeah. Like how many times do you have to ask? And then, you know, enough is enough now. And this was nearly 10 minutes of a 15 minute fireworks show. Mind you. Yeah. We're almost at the end. Okay. We're almost at the end. Like tanks ready to fly. So the guy Puts the iPad away. One of the people he's with starts yelling at the woman that asked him to put it away. He puts the daughter back on the shoulder. But what he does next is he takes a sidestep right in front of the woman's child with his kid on his shoulders. Which, that was him sending a message. So the woman says to her son, go stand in front of them so you can see. This guy, with his kid on his shoulders, which... A lot of people thought was intentional, and I believe the same, shoves the mother, shoves her, and like a borderline brawl breaks out next to us. People I give her husband so much credit because it, well, he, he should have laid this guy well, out. Well, he wanted to, but he, he had gone on to say, and so did the other guy that we had made friends with that was standing behind us. They go, we would have laid him out, which you never want to see happen at Disney anyway, but he, he shouldn't have shoved that woman. No. They go, we didn't do it because his kid's on the shoulder. Then his kid's going to get hurt. They go, and that's- And he and knew that. And they, and they said, they that. go, that's why they put the kid on the shoulder. Because he knew no one was going was gonna to take a shot at him. So, with that being said, we're trying to watch Enchantment, or, <laughs> you know, Enchanted for the first time. And this is happening in our side view mirror. So, I can give you as good <laughs> of a review as I can. Um- it happily ever after. It is not, um, and and you and I have very differing opinions of happily ever after. I I absolutely loved happily ever after. Um, I thought it was better than wishes. Um, it it is by far my favorite fireworks show that I've seen on Disney property. This is very different, but to the point you made earlier. Happily was a mix of fireworks and projections. Sometimes maybe they leaned on the projections a little too much. Which is why I didn't like it. This is, this does have projections, but make no mistake about it, this is a fireworks show. And I didn't love the music at first. I liked it when I heard it for the first time. I thought it sounded a little too let it go-ish. But being immersed in the park and hearing the music with all of the visuals, I really 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 enjoyed this show i feel like if the circus act going on to our left wouldn't have been happening i would have absolutely fallen in love with it so i i think for me at least i have to give it another i have to give it a couple of more tries yeah i i agree with everything you said what was shocking for me and i think this had more to do with the sideshow than anything else this was the first time that I wasn't like weeping during a fireworks show because even even though Happily Ever After was not my favorite, it still brought me to tears every single time. I got a little choked up when Tinkerbell flew, but 
by the time all was said and done, I was like, oh, my God, I didn't cry, which I guess is a good thing. But <laughs> um, well, yes and no. That's just out of character for me. Um, yeah. What I really enjoy about this show is that you don't have to worry about the castle projections. They're nice, but it's not. And maybe this is why people feel like there's not a story. I disagree on that point. I think there is a great story if you really listen to the lyrics and look at the films that they are choosing. The the to me, the story is that the magic is within you. You know, it's part of the lyrics and to me it's a hero's journey story. You know, the songs that they pick, the lyrics, it's you're starting out, you answer the call, then they do the medley of all the friend songs where, you know, you meet someone that's going to help you on this journey. And then at the end, you have found your inner strength and you realize it's been you all along. And, you know, I think that that's something that people have to get used to with all of these modern films is that it's not about your prince saving you. It's about your inner strength. And we've started to see that in films like Moana and Raya. Um, Frozen. Exactly. Where you don't have to rely on the prince. So for me... I'm kind of confused what people are not getting because it's it's just so blatantly obvious to me. And maybe I'm reading too much into it, but that's the story that I get out of it. And like I said, what I love is that I don't have to be watching the projections to get that story. Um, I loved the fireworks. I thought they were spectacular. I love that we still get Tinkerbell because I, you know, was admittedly nervous that they were going to take that away. Um, the only thing that I was very surprised at I, despite the, sp- the sideshow going on, I turned around several times because I, di- I didn't even want to look at what was happening. Right. Um, I, I didn't want to engage. I just wanted to like focus on being there and, and focus on what I wanted to focus on. I didn't see a lot of the projections on Main Street USA. Yeah, I didn't see a lot of them either. And I looked a few times. But, well, this is the other thing, right? So I'm glad you brought this up. I started getting subconscious about, like, turning to look at the projections because I didn't want people to think that I was staring at them for causing a scene. Right, exactly. Like, I didn't want them to think I was throwing side-eye over their way. But I was legitimately trying to see if anything was being projected. And I'm wondering... But I can't imagine that they would have done that just for one night when they premiered it. No, it's supposed to be. I I think what I would like to eventually do on the next go around, um, which will be soon, by the way, um, I would like to maybe try and watch it from the train station, like I or at least the steps, because I know that eventually they do cut that off. But I would like to get that full spectrum view. I just didn't want it for this time around because it was the first time. I wanted to be, uh, listen, this was the most tourist I was the whole time. I wanted to be by the castle. I wanted to see, uh, we didn't even talk about the castle. God, you hated the the painting of the castle when we saw it in photograph. And we oh, saw I it ate tele- those words oh, real my good. God, does it look spectacular? And what what was really impressive was they had additional projections on it in the evening to make it kind of shimmer a little bit more, and it looked even better. They gave it that iridescent glow; was absolutely stunning. I was completely blown away. Yeah, I ate my words real quick. I didn't like the pink, but I also didn't know that they were going to add so much to it. I love all of the extra banners and the jewels. Uh, the the pink has since faded. So, and, I mean, not faded completely, but just enough where it doesn't 
pop as much. It's not less of an eyesore. And what they did with Fantasyland behind it to make it all blend together, it's just absolutely gorgeous. I I did not think I could love this castle as much as the gray one, but I, I've sort of been fully converted that the gray one kind of looks drab in comparison to this. I mean, was I expecting a big pink cake? No, absolutely not. Thank but God. Th- this was just above and beyond. I cried when I saw the castle, for sure. I, I, It just really did, like, knock my socks off. I absolutely loved it. So the show ends. Um, and l- before we move on to the rest of our night at Magic Kingdom, do you think that, for you, do you think that you need additional showings of uh, this fireworks show to get a feel for... Do you feel like you didn't really get your footing with it because of everything that was going on? Because I feel like I was pretty clear about that, but I, I feel like I didn't let you say whether you were clear Oh, no. I, I need another go around with it. And we did have several planned for this trip, but because we couldn't time anything worth a damn, we, we at least we did do Ohana one night and we got to see it from there. But we had a couple of nights planned where we were going to be at a resort, a monorail resort hotel and watch either from the beach at Polynesian or watch... Uh, you know, from the Grand Flow or something like that, and we just didn't get to do it. Um, not the way that we wanted to. Yeah, but I I need another viewing in front of the castle or in the train station. I want one in the park, and I want one like wider shot one from one of the resorts to really fairly give it give it a proper assessment. So after the show ends, and honestly, like more times than not, we will always go back into Adventureland and into Frontierland because we'll try to get on Pirates again. We try to get on Haunted Mansion because by the time the fireworks are done, most people, especially with the little ones, are heading out. That's a good time for us to try and get back on attractions. So we ended up getting on Pirates. And we did get to Haunted Mansion earlier in the day. Yeah. That was the last thing we did before we decided to go get the spot. Yeah, and, and it was a posted 40-minute wait, and I think we were out the door in like 35. It wasn't bad it, at it all. It wasn't bad at all. Um, because at that point, people were going to have dinner, and they were starting to line up for the fireworks. So there are like certain things that, if you're a Disney Parks veteran, you you can still time things out. But instead of the 15-minute waits, be prepared for the half-an-hour waits. Instead of the half-an-hour waits, be prepared for the hour waits. That's... That has to do with what we believe is them increasing capacity and not telling anyone. I also have a theory that they are falsifying wait times so that you have to pay for Genie Plus. No doubt. We had an issue on our second day at Magic Kingdom, which we'll talk about fully in a few minutes here. But to your point, we had a we had Lightning Lane, but they were gone for Jungle Cruise. We couldn't get any more. And they had a posted 80-minute wait, but everything was about 80 minutes. And we were like, all right, well, we had nothing else to do. Our lightning lanes were cleared out because we had gotten on a few attractions day one. We weren't convi- you know, we weren't concerned with getting on everything again if we couldn't. And it was over a two-hour wait on something that was posted for 80 minutes. So I think you're right. I think they are. And we had an issue with that even a couple of years ago at studios before they opened Galaxy's Edge. It was a posted like 25-minute wait for Star Tours, and I think we waited 90 minutes. For Star Tours. For Star... And that was years ago. It wasn't like that now. Now Star Tours are walk-on. But but it's it's something that we've noticed. The wait times are not always 100% accurate. But you can And still... sometimes they're in your favor and sometimes they're not. Right. So, But I think for the most part, you can still time things out, but you're not going to get on things as quickly, even if you try as you might plan everything that you think you're planning it to a T. Again, 
temper expectations. So we decide that we are going to have a quick bite at Casey's Corner because we're so happy to see it's reopened on our way out. And we couldn't get any snacks. But that was the thing. We knew we were having a big lunch. It was a late lunch. We really yeah. weren't going to do anything else. But because we had to stake a claim by 630, there was no egg roll cart. There, there was nothing that we could get at that point. So now right. we're starving. So we go to get a quick bite at Casey's. And they were just about closing up, but they got us in. We were so appreciative. The cast members were great. They got us out quick. We were dining by the picnic area. And now, again, this is not the fault of Disney, but I have to bring instances like this up. Oh, you are really going to put everybody on blast. Well, because I say this as delicately as I can. If you cannot be respectful of other people, if you cannot, you know, there are people that just can't control their kids. That within itself is a problem. And I said before, kids are excited to Dis- for, to be at Disney. I'm not going to punch them in the pants for that. But there are also certain times where the parent needs to say, okay, calm down. Come on, you're, you're kicking people, you're jumping, you're bumping people. It's not a babysitting service. But I kind of give it a pass because they're kids. When it's an adult that does something like this, I have absolutely no patience for it because you need to know better. We're at Casey's. We're at the patio. And there was a dad with his two kids and a stroller. And the kids were super well behaved. They were playing with toys. And the dad forgot to get napkins. He walks away. As he walks away, another dad with his two kids walk up. And the dad has got his... Adidas golf hat on. He's got his Nike cross trainers. He's wearing vineyard vines. I'm painting a picture of everybody that you hate. Money can't buy you class. This guy doesn't even trip. He's just a... He just goes down. I I don't even... Like, you saw it happening that he didn't have a good grip on that tray. Because he's never had to carry his own food in his life. (laughs) Wow. He doesn't trip. He doesn't lose his footing. He just drops... It just goes down. It all goes down. Like... No, it was like watching it in slow motion. It wasn't even all of it. It was a soda. He drops a soda off the tray and his kids are sitting at the table watching him. So shame on them. But at the same time, they don't know any better because this is what the father does. He drops the soda all over this stroller. And the cup falls on the floor. And there's toys in the bottom of the stroller. Yeah. Like stuffed animals that are going to totally be sticky. He looks around. He doesn't see the parent. And just leaves it. And goes and sits at the table and then goes, you know, snapping the fingers and and with the, you know. Garçon. Yeah. Calls a cast member over and it's like somebody that's emptying, you know, a, a trash can. He goes, I spilled my drink. Get me another one. I was furious. Because Magic Kingdom on this particular day was pretty clean, I will say. Um, Yeah. It was one of the few days that a park was, like, super clean. I was so enraged that you've, you've spilled soda all over this stroller, all over the floor now. You left the garbage. You're telling people, get me another one. 
and your kids are sitting there and it's like you don't even take accountability you don't even clean it up and I didn't even care that I was in monoreal gear I walked over I picked up this guy's cup locked eyes with him and I just stared at him I mean like if looks could kill I'd be in prison but like through I was I was I mean, I've seen Sean do things like this before. This is not out of the ordinary, but I was still in awe through the whole motion of Sean bending down to pick up the cup and throw it out. He has eyes locked with this guy and does not break until he's back over at the trash can. It was very impressive. But the guy still says nothing. nothing. It's it's like when you hit a car in a parking lot. Like, be nice. Leave the note. Tell the other guy you spilled it so that he can... You know, like if, if it was me, I would have been like, well, I wouldn't have been like that because I have we had wet naps with us. I would have been like, I'm so sorry. Let me wipe up the sticky. I'm sorry I got it on your on your kid's toy. Can I buy them a new one? Right. Because, you know, not for anything, but there's souvenirs in the bottom of those things. You know, and you go get a stuffed animal yeah. at Disney, especially if it's a it's 50th. Not cheap. It's not cheap. And now it's covered in soda and it's stained. You know, you just have some class. This is my point. If you're going to go to Disney, control yourself. Have a little class and be respectful of others. And I've, it's not the first time I've said that on this show, but like it just, it enraged me. And it enraged it, me. It kills you because it's like, look at where you just spent the day in the most magical place on earth. Everybody's positive. Everybody, well, you would think everybody's positive, but it, it, it's like, you know, what lessons did you take away from Walt that day? That, that's at least how I get inspired when I am at the parks. And it's, you know, that all goes out, out the window as soon as the last firework is done and everybody's throwing elbows trying to get out of the park. Well, and this is t- to speak to that point. You get something from Walt because to you, Walt Disney is a person, not a brand. That's what Bob Chapek doesn't know. Um, these kids, whether it's the one on the father's shoulders that watched him shove that mother or the two kids that sat there and watched the father spill all over... They learn that this is acceptable. They learn nothing. They learn that this is okay. You're just breeding the next generation of jerks. I got no, I'm just going to say it. Because even like, and then we're like, now I'm just in a bad mood. And it was like the stupidest thing that just had me aggravated. But as we're walking out, turns out part of the reason why it was so crowded was because it was Jersey week. I don't even know what Jersey week is. New Jersey schools apparently have like a rando week off. Stay in school and learn how to make a left turn. (laughs) But no, it's Jersey Week, and they're go- the, these these guys were walking around with shirts that said "Bros." They were bros. They, but the shirts said "Bibbity Bobbity Bros," and it just it got so I got so aggravated over it. I didn't it. even catch that. I was just like, I, it, "Vineyards Vines jerk," the fit fist fight, and now "Bibbity Bobbity Bros." Just like in that, like it was a lot. It was a lot to take in into like forty minutes. It was a lot to like. For me to take in, especially because we are so protective of the parks and we are we like we Jackie and I, I'm not trying to put us on a pedestal like we're very protective of cast members. So I just don't like to see when the parks get mistreated or cast members in this point. So I was just like, I'm, I've had it. No, and this was, I mean, the park was almost empty because we did do and this is worth noting, you know, it was our five year anniversary. So we got. The memory maker. We added it to the package. We wanted totally to take worth it. it. Oh, so worth it. Um, especially for the the extra magic shots. It, they are so cool. Um, so we kind of lingered around after Casey's Corner to get our castle shots where there's less of a crowd. We got our picture taken in front of it. So 
the herd has thinned by this point, and you still got the bibbity boppity bros running around. Yeah. Um, and at that point, we just called it a night. Like, usually we will end almost every night in Springs, but number one, we realized on this trip that we are old now and that we cannot do this the way that we used to. And I've never, ever left a park feeling like I've had enough to a point where we were debating at this point. Now, the next day that we were going to be in Magic Kingdom was our actual anniversary, November 12th, Disney Plus Day. Thank you, Disney Plus, for picking such a great day to celebrate with us. Um, we were debating whether or not we wanted to stay for the fireworks or not. We had a boathouse reservation. That's where we wanted to eat for our anniversary, and we were willing to cancel it. And we actually had to take the night to sleep on it and decide whether or not we wanted to be put through this again. And we and decided, leave aggravated on our anniversary. And we decided it wasn't worth it. Um, because the other thing we would have been up against that day was it was one of not one, not two, not three, but four Christmas parties. So Magic Kingdom was closing at eight o'clock anyway. So it was just a lot to deal with, like trying to get out. With Enchantment, or Enchanted, I keep calling it Enchantment. Enchanted, it, it's getting out between that and people are there for the Christmas party and it's just a cluster, you know what. It was, we opted to say, you know what, let's let this filter out a little bit. We'll come back in a couple of months because we will be back in a couple of months anyway. And then we can maybe even just dedicate a day to go have a nice meal at Skipper, jump on one or two attractions and just stake a good claim to a fireworks spot and just make the day about seeing the fireworks again. No, and 10 years ago, 25-year-old Jackie and Sean would have beat the snot out of themselves yeah, with well, this mentality. A couple of knee surgeries later, young Sean can go, you know what, up a rope. <laughs> so the next day we go to, Mag uh, to Animal Kingdom. We rope drop Flight of Passage. It was spectacular, spectacular. We got on and off of that pretty quick. And as I remember, the bus getting there was not a nightmare. It was one of the few bus experiences that we had that wasn't a nightmare because two of the parks of the four, you have to take the Skyliner, and then the other was Magic Kingdom. Also, it's Animal Kingdom. Like, no hate. I love Animal Kingdom, but it's not... Here's the thing, what people forget. When Pandora was new, oh man, the lines were crowded. And that's when we had started doing these trips. I think we got to see Pandora the first time. Was 2015. 15, right? Yeah. That's what we're used to. That's what we remembered. Hate to say this, but because Galaxy's Edge blew Pandora out of the water, no disrespect to Joe Rohde, I love you. Please come back. And Pandora is great, but Galaxy's Edge is Galaxy's Edge. That's the thing. It's the newness is weared off. It's just what it is. I hate saying it, but there's not that novelty anymore. And most people, unless they are taking their first trip, have seen it. So it, you don't have to kill yourself to get there anymore. Um, and we we had a great day. We got to do every single thing that we wanted without right. really waiting that much. Right. So Navi broke down, but I, that didn't bother me. I didn't care about that, that we didn't get to do Navi because we got on Flight of Passage really quick. Let's talk about the safari. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the... 200 pound Pumbaa in the room but we will get there yeah uh let's talk about the safari oh right let's do are, are we naming names uh, I have a name yeah because his name is fake that's not his <laughs> real name 
I'm sorry. Nobody names their kid Topher. I'm sorry. Yeah, your name's Chris. Yeah. So we get Topher, the safari driver. And now, I'm just going to put this out there. Jackie has a friend who is a former cast member that was a safari driver, but also managed managed the safari. So, like, I have a very... I have the utmost respect for this attraction. And I know, knowing how the sausage is made, I'm very protective over this. And we ended up speaking with him later in the trip. And we asked him if any of what was being said was accurate because everything that was being said we had never heard before. It was like Debbie Downer was driving... The truck. It was like something from Saturday Night Live. And basically what he told us was most of what that person is saying is not true. But you get these cast members that they're not being well trained right now because they are just hiring whoever they can. And they're rushing them into service because they are so short staffed that they are now taking to like Google searching things. Uh, Yeah. Independent research. Every animal he saw, whether it was a fire ant or an African lion... (laughs) was an endangered species that was going to be dead by the end of our lifetime and had no problem say, saying, oh, well, you know, they, they're they really in danger and our conservation efforts. He would just be like, see that giraffe? Yeah, they're endangered. You're going to be dead by the end of your life. Literally like, like Debbie that. Downer. There's a way to present this information. I mean, the whole ride, they took away the story of having to save... Uh, the baby elephant from the poachers. Yeah, Wilson Matua. Yes, which maybe, I I don't know why they did it. I honestly don't, but I'm wondering if it's because it was too much of a downer on a ride like this. No, but all those animals will be dead by the end of your lifetime. Let's lighten the mood. That's what I'm saying. They have, since they took that storyline away, they have made this so much about conservation. Yeah. There is a way to put a positive spin on this. There is a way to put it gently to children how important it is to save these animals and make the effort to protect them. You Disney-fy it. Yes, this was the least Disney, and and we can make all the jokes we want, and we do it all the time because we're a movies podcast about Disney and dead parents. However, it's a completely different story when these children are all excited to see a giraffe, and somebody tells them that giraffe is going to die. Well, that's bad. Think, imagine what happens when a kid wants to, oh, I don't know, see Rafiki. Oh, my God. I'm going to let you take this one. You want to take this one? Sure. Go ahead. So, again, a way to present things to a child is the the operative phrase here. And, you know, I've never worked for Disney, but once upon a time, I did work at Chuck E. Cheese. So I like to think that I know. It was my high school job into college. It's not something I did for two weeks and quit. I like to think I know how to talk to a child. And and there are just ways of handling things. There's a reason we call them kid gloves, right? Right. So the kid sees a mandrel and he gets all excited and goes, oh, Rafiki. And he's maybe five years yeah. old. And instead of being right, Rafiki is a combination of a mandrel and a baboon that we use to animate for the Lion King because that's what worked for that film. First of all, he doesn't even say we. Like he takes any ownership or is part of any teamwork in this company. He goes, no. Rafiki's not real. 
Rafiki is th- there's baboons and there's mandrels, but not both. Rafiki was made up and says Rafiki's not real like two or three times to this kid. So not only have you crushed his dreams, but you've kind of humiliated him in front of this entire group of people by correcting him like that. Because he just totally talked down to the kid. But he talked down exactly. to everybody. Exactly. He was this like holier than thou on a, on a soapbox. You want to take the next yeah, one? Yeah. So the next thing that this happens is. Same is, safari ride. Same safari ride. We pull up next to the African wild dogs. And so cute. An adult who should know better but will claim they don't stands up to take a picture while the bus is not in motion. And. That I've seen that happen a dozen times in ten years, and it's uh, folks. If you know, I'll let you take all the pictures you want, but for safety, we cannot stand on the bus. If you could just take that seat, I'll give you plenty of time to pay, take pictures. Okay, and but you sound just like Drake when he did the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular. Come on, Rahat, <laughs> exactly. let's go, Rahat. <laughs> this guy goes, hey, 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 ma'am, sit down, sit down. If you if you people don't learn to sit down, I am not stopping for any pictures. And he didn't stop for one photo for the rest of the ride, in spite of the fact that nobody nobody else did anything. This guy was just like on a high horse that I wish he would get thrown from, if I'm being honest <laughs> with you. He was awful. He's probably the... It pains me to say this because I I don't really... Like, listen to any of our trip recaps. Like, I've never, like, gone out of my way to, like, hit a cast member. He's the worst cast member I've ever experienced on Disney property. Just for a multitude of reasons. But mostly because I could not believe how he spoke to that child about Rafiki. Yeah, no. It's it's just the most non-Disney thing that you've ever seen. And I'm honestly shocked that that is something that was allowed to fall through the cracks. I mean, I get it. We are spread very thin here. But... The, there's no because and and this is where it does go back to Chapek because he's not thinking long term. That one experience could have cost you that family from coming back. It shouldn't be about well, I got your money now, I have it already. Y- you're not thinking bigger picture here because if that were my kid, I, I would have been like, I'm not, I'm not coming back if this is how we're going to be treated. I would have been raising holy hell at guest services. We uh- and we did. I I wrote in, I mean, I emailed about the spectacular cast members that we had good experiences with because they all deserve to be recognized. And you've got a whole list of them. Mm-hmm. To, then we, we, we will mention them over the course of this episode. But I've, I made mention of this too because I was just so shocked. And it's like, you're not just ruining this one safari ride. You're, you're ruining one of the most iconic movies. When a kid is that young... Going to Disney is is like entering a world of magic. You basically just crushed it. Yeah. You you ended the illusion, which is never... There's a reason why people are friends with Mickey and friends with Minnie. Because you, you're never supposed to break the illusion at Disney. It's supposed to be something that you're fully immersed in. And that's where I think I was so taken aback too, is just the lack of common sense to protect that. Well, he didn't care. That's what it is. Because the other thing is, he ain't going to get fired. Because they can't, they don't have enough staff. I don't even know that he legitimately cared about the elephants and giraffes and lions that were going to die. I don't know that that's why he was telling us this information. I think he was just saying things. Yeah. So, I actually, while we're on the topic of Animal Kingdom, 
I want to bring up something um, that was actually confusing for us. And it's worth bringing up if you are an out-of-stater interested in becoming an annual pass holder. I want to talk about it because it happened to us at Animal Kingdom. As we are having cocktails at Dawa Bar, which... Like you do. Like you do. You know, clearly had no influence on the conversation that we were having. You know, <laughs> none at all. Um, we had made the decision to... I'll, I'm just going to say this now. We, we've made the decision to become annual pass holders. In, we will be next year. In 2022. And we had made that decision a couple of months ago. But we really, at the time, going into this big trip, and because it is Disney 50, and they are supplementing lost income from 2020, this trip being by far the most expensive we've ever had, in spite of the fact that we all, we're staying at the same value resort we always stay at, we had said that now was not the right time. What we didn't have the foresight of was, you know we would get 20% off dining and merchandise. We could probably justify this. Right, because it's day three of our trip, so we would have had another seven days behind it to take advantage. So we um, we call guest services. We call the AP hotline. And I said, yeah, you know, we're interested in rolling. We had a seven-day ticket. We'd like to roll it over into the Incredipass, which... On the website says, I think thirteen ninety nine a year. I believe it, it's not twelve ninety. It's thirteen ninety nine a year. I thought it was twelve ninety nine. I okay, honestly, I haven't. You looked before you called. I haven't at, seen it, it in the it, hot minute. Tw- honestly, at this point, when you're in for that much, it doesn't matter the extra hundred bucks. But it it was that, or and it says or ninety eight fifty a month with a two hundred dollar deposit. Obviously, we spent well more than $200 because we have the seven-day ticket. And we call, and they're like, we can, roll your, we can roll your ticket over into an annual pass, but we want you to pay it up front for the year right now. And I was like, well, I'm not, I don't have another two grand to spend. And I'm like, but your website says. And they were like, oh, well, that's actually Florida resident only. And I was like, well... You have three Florida resident passes. This is this is the anybody can buy it, and it says very clearly, you know, X amount for the year or blah, blah, blah. Nowhere on the splash screen or splash page, whatever in the hell they call it now, nowhere does it say Florida resident only. And they said, well, why don't you go talk to somebody at guest services in the park? Maybe they can clarify that. And I'm thinking, and she was, she was a total sweetheart on the phone, but she's like, I could tell she was new and... She didn't sound like she was totally convinced with what she was saying. Like, there was a little bit of doubt. So we went to guest services, and they confirmed, no, it's Florida resident only. It is in on, like, the third page of the checkout in, like, the finest of the fine print that says that in credit pass, if you are an out-of-state Disney guest, meaning you are not a Florida resident, you pay up front for that pass, which... I did not realize until we got there because all I saw was that you could do the monthly payment, but they, but as it had always been on the on the old AP pages, it would it would be an asterisk underneath that would say for Florida residents. So when they broke up and had three Florida resident passes and just this one, I thought that you could be an out of stater and take advantage of a monthly payment plan. Right, and I mean we had kind of said this when they broke the news about the different tiers for APs that we kind of felt like they were trying to thin the herd of out of staters who have the AP, but 
this is just kind of another knockdown. If you're a family of four, I mean, you're you're dropping nearly six grand to become an annual pass holder every single year. If right. you're an out of stater, I mean, for those for the out of state DVC families, because my understanding is they're not really getting a, much of a deal on that right now. That's that's rough. Yeah, that's tough. No, and had we been prepared, we might not have done it. It's not completely out of the realm of possibility. We just weren't prepared to do it that last minute. Correct. So point is, we ended up deciding that we were not going to become APs that day. Um, We will be APs in a couple of months, but we just didn't think that that was the right time. Because to your point, we're three days into a trip where we've already had to spend $600 more than we were supposed to just to get on property. Um, but it is something noteworthy. That's why I wanted to bring it up to clarify any confusion because I know it confused both of us. Can we talk about Kytales now? Oh my God, let's talk about Kytales. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, it's just everything that I wanted it to be and so much more. So I went to hold our spots because Sean was going to go on Everest and part Got on of, it three times by the way in, a single <laughs> in the time that I was sitting there which was totally fine because one of my favorite things about this day was I mean Animal Kingdom is such a pretty park I just love being there and I I just love looking around but the way that they remixed all of the songs as I was sitting there you came back with beer might I add or no you had a beer for yourself and you got me it was like an electric lemonade it was one of the best drinks I have ever had on property it was like Jack Daniels lemonade and strawberry strawberry liqueur liqueur. which is what put it over the top it was absolutely delicious um which I think you got where did you get that I got that Uh, not yak and yeti not yet no there was a not even a beverage cart there was like a to-go there was like a cocktails to-go bar over by everest it was over by the exit for everest i think i walked about 30 seconds so when you exit everest instead of making the left to head the back way into what will eventually be wakanda in my opinion right now it's dino land so i want to see if this episode ages well um (laughs) instead of going to the left you go to the right as if you were heading kind of like back towards where yak and yeti and the hub are and there is a bar right there with a to-go window uh highly recommend this is like my new favorite drink on property but anyway i was so enjoying sitting there and listening to this music i mean like they remixed let's go fly a kite with like the these tribal drum it was just it was so good good. it was seriously my favorite part of the day which was just made even better because they send out zazu and he makes it and simba was not up but for two seconds and then he was down i mean he didn't even get to level off it was absolutely incredible and the way the crowd just cheered when he hit the water it it made the experience that much better I missed it on my phone because I was just enjoying the moment Uh, I totally missed it on my phone so I apologize for not getting to post it on social media but it will get there eventually because Sean caught it on video yeah I got it on the camcorder um, so we will eventually get it uploaded. Yeah, it was like being at a demolition derby. Like you're not supposed <laughs> to like cheer when a car crashes unless you're at a demo derby. But but to Disney's credit, they now have like a pre-recorded joke about the kites crashing into the oh water God, about so how good. Simba decided to take an unexpected bath. Um, so we're going to just stop for a moment and get him situated. 
It was just a beautiful disaster through and through. But I will say Some when they recover these things, because then adult Simba comes out. And I, I really this is where you got to give it all up for the cast members. These jet skiers are trying so hard. And the one so one is obviously driving the jet ski facing front. The other one is facing back holding the kite. They are working so hard to keep these things in the air. Yeah, we saw Kite Tales twice, and both times we saw something crash. But when they get it right, it's actually really impressive, I have to say. Like, for the joke that Kite Tales is, it's, I mean, it is kind of like The Room. It's like Tommy Wiseau's film, where you know it's not, you know it's not great, and you're going to watch it anyway, and you're going to laugh, but there's just, like, something about it that, like, is so, like, it's so intoxicating that's what Kite Tales is for me, but the room is just bad all of the time. Kite Tales, when they get it right, is actually really, really cool. Well, because in theory, the first time, I mean, not in theory, but I think the theory was that they tested it out in Epcot Forever, which was the first time we saw something like this. Mm-hmm. And at night, when you can't see the jet skis and these uh, you know, neon kites are airborne, it's just the coolest thing. So I can see where the idea translates over well, and you took away Rivers of Light, so it is a smart use of the space. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like everything Chapek does, it's it just falls on its face, and this it, it is was on, this is the, fantastic. This is the best thing that Chapek has done. <laughs> no, it was great. And we saw, we saw Lion King twice, and then we didn't get to see the Jungle Book one with Baloo. They alternate them. Yeah. It just things didn't because we went and did celebration of Festival of the Lion King, which is a mouthful. Um, it's still great. It is still great. Um, is it as good as Festival of the Lion King? It is not, but it's st- it's it's close though. Like I think for me, being in that moment, like I was just happy to see that show and happy to see those performers again because I knew it meant so much for them to be back. But that's that's why we missed the Jungle Book one. Exactly. I mean, that that's where it's worth going, even though it's not the full show, the the full out show. Just to see these performers be so appreciative that people are coming to watch them again, like and and just the sheer joy of them performing again, like that's where it's worth it. And it was also the uh, the cast members that were doing the crowd control there. That kid that was hyping uh, that crowd up, he was, I couldn't see his name. He was spectacular. He was so much fun. He was he was one of the most fun cast members that we had the whole trip. And we had the, I didn't even bring up the photo pass cast member that was doing the Monty Python stuff with us. Oh my God. At Animal Kingdom. She, Elizabeth, was, she was amazing. Yeah. We did the super zoom at Animal Kingdom and she asked us three questions to be allowed up the stairs to get to this photo pass spot. She was so much fun. I think the cast members at Animal Kingdom were probably like just as a whole, other than, other than Topher. Topher's the worst cast member I've ever experienced. But as a whole, I felt like the cast members at that park were the best cast members we had in the whole trip. Yeah, this was just a fun day through and through. Back to Celebration of Festival of the Lion King. So what they're not doing right now is putting the cast member in front of your section and going through the whole, you're an elephant. What sound does an elephant yeah, make? Yeah. What sound does a giraffe? I think, I think giraffe, one of them is yeah. a giraffe. Um, 
but this kid made up for it and then some he went to each section and it was like all right which one can be louder i don't know how this kid had a voice by the end of it he and and he was dancing and jumping he escorted people to a section and he did it hopping on one foot. Like, he was just incredible and so much fun to watch. And we saw the last performance of the day. We were at the 5 o'clock show. I don't know how he still had a voice. Um, But it was... That was almost the most flawless day of the entire trip. Almost. Almost. So, as you well know, Animal Kingdom is no longer a nighttime park. So, we had dinner reservations at Springs. We've never tried Maria and Enzo's. And we were really looking forward to it. We go in the restaurant for the first time. It's lovely. The theming is so cool. We love Jock Lindsay's hangar bar. So this was like automatically like catnip to us because of just that like 40s era decor. And it reminded me of Casablanca. Like I was all about it. Like if Soren had a restaurant attached to it, I would assume it would be Maria and Enzo's. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Or I could see it tying into the whole sea thing. Mm-hmm. I think it does, actually. I think it's supposed to. Um, so we had looked up the menu prior to going in like you do. Within like a couple of hours of going in, mind you. Well, before the trip, I'm saying, though. Like, yeah. we've been looking forward to trying this for quite some time. You had something picked out that you wanted to order that sounded really good. It was like a seasonal ravioli, I think. Uh, it, was, it was like a ravioli carbonara or something. Anyway, it sounded really good, but none of that matters because they are not, in fact, serving it. The And this is another thing, and this may sound petty, but I think this goes back to Bob Paycheck. Is it his job to update the app so that menus are correct? No, he's not the one clicking it through, but he needs to oversee the people that are. The menu that Maria and Enzo's is serving is not the menu that is on the app currently and when they gave us the qr code we thought something we thought we made a mistake right and to me that's something that was just i mean we rebounded so it's totally not a big deal but it's just annoying if this is your trip with a family like if you're with a big group we're only two people we could find a spot somewhere else not a problem we can eat at a bar but if you're with a big group and somebody this is a problem because if you have a food allergy this is why you look up these dining menus prior this is why you make your reservations prior to your travel so that you know what you're getting yourself into um and we didn't see anything on the menu and I'm Italian I didn't even see anything that looked that great to me um so and this is this is a good tip because we showed up for the reservation because we actually were present we didn't get charged for it even though we opted not to eat there. So that's not to say blow off your reservation because you will be charged for it. But because we were there and we're just not feeling it, they didn't charge us anything extra. Right, because we we did show up and like we showed them the menu. We showed the server the menu and they were like, oh yeah, Disney hasn't updated that in months. Yeah, they were frustrated. And I felt so bad because there was a poor kid training that night. I know. And... You know, I mean, not that we gave them a hard time, not that we were being difficult. I just feel bad because they were getting ready to bring us, uh, like, take our drink order and bring us bread. And we were like, you know what? We're just not going to do that. And it, 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 the menu, there were only, like, four entrees on it, too. That's the other thing. And for pasta, it was very expensive. And that's where the value wasn't worth it to just sit there and suck it up and be like, all right, let's find something. So we ended up at a tried and true classic, Polite Pig. 
and we had the best server, Dave, and he was so nice and so much fun and no regrets. Dave was such a pleasure to speak with because other than being a fantastic bartender and a good server, he was just a good conversationalist. Because, and a good historian. Well, yeah, this was my point. He was from the area. His family used to vacation at Disney all of the time. He was a sommelier. I'm... You know, I have my certification, so we started talking about that. And then he, like, launched into the whole history of the Empress Lily because he remembered being there as a child. And he could, like, he remembered, like, the exact thing that he would order on every single trip. Maybe it was the black bean soup and something else. I don't remember what the other thing was, but he was like, this was, like, my thing that I had from the age of seven until they changed the menu. Like... He was just such a pleasure to speak with. And Polite Pig is just, it's so good. The food is just so good. Like, I liked Regal Eagle a lot, but this was even better. Oh, and speaking of Animal Kingdom, uh, we didn't get a chance to mention it. We ate at Flame Tree Barbecue for the first time. For the first time. Yeah, we didn't mean to have barbecue twice in one day, but here we are. Um, Flame Tree was better than, uh, Flame Tree was awesome, Mm -hmm. by the way. Uh, and a lot of seating in the back. So that's a good place to keep in mind if you need a place to eat. And it was very clean. Very clean, very shady. Uh, Flame Tree was better than Regal Eagle, but neither... And, and then Regal Eagle was very good. But I don't think either one of them is better than Polite Pig. No, it's just not. Polite Pig is just... I mean, you've smelled it as you're walking by. So you you know, but it is as good as it smells. Uh, everything was just excellent. I mean, I, I love their bourbon menu. Um, I got the seasonal cocktail. It was like a, a bourbon and apple cider, and it was so good. Um, and then I did the cedar plank salmon, which was my first time trying that. It was excellent. The Brussels sprouts, I always get them. So good. Uh, and we did the meatball appetizer. Oh, the barbecue meatball appetizer was so insane. good. You're not even a meatball person, and you uh, loved it. I could eat it every day. It came wasn't that with cheddar grits? It was cheddar grits or polenta? It was whatever. It was unbelievable. It was absolutely unbelievable. And then I had a first at Disney. Going back to our resort, I get yelled at by a bus driver. To be fair, we were walking in front of the yellow line, but we I, were trying to make the bus. I was. I was standing on the yellow line, but like not conscious, like it was like I wasn't consciously trying to be a jerk. It's just we were walking up to the bus and this was the other thing. You know, we're at Springs. It's bus stop number 29 going to Pop Century. It is the last possible terminal. That is very much worth noting. After you've had a full day and you're tired and full of barbecue and bourbon. (laughs) <laughs> the last thing you want to do is walk. So we we were like dead at this point. But like I am like doing like the Beverly Goldberg 80s like power <laughs> walk. And the thing is the driver sees us because we are the only people in the terminal. And the bus is like almost completely empty. Right. So were we going to snake through the entire queue? No, we didn't want to hold them up. But because we didn't enter through the back, we got in trouble. He, like, finger in my face yelled at me. No. it Between him and Topher, I have not been, like, spoken down to at Disney ever, quite like Animal Kingdom Day. He's like, what are you doing? This is for your safety. And I was like, first off, point with two fingers, not one. <laughs> oh, oh, that's another thing about Flame Tree that we forgot. You also got a one finger point at Flame Tree. Yeah, I, because I, I couldn't find the utensils. Because prior to going back to 
like easing back into pre-COVID protocol, everything was like in the pre-packaged um, utensils, right. you know, so they didn't have them. And I didn't know where to go because I've never eaten a flame tree. And I got yeah, over there. But like the kid didn't even look at me. He just like flicked his wrist and one finger put. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. You don't one finger push at Walt Disney. Uh, one finger point at Walt Disney World. Yeah, I was surprised there wasn't a laser dot on his head for the sniper. But the guy was like, he's like, for your safety. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm like, it was an accident. We didn't feel the need to zigzag the whole line. I don't have a two-year-old in tow that could have gotten hurt. I said, and it's, I didn't run into the road, and you're not in motion. And he's like, no, 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 no you're not. And I said, noted. Can I get on the bus now, please? Like, I was just like, and I was not trying to be mean to the guy. Honestly, I was just exhausted. I was just, I was shot. No, and I know we're talking about we had bourbon. We had a, a bourbon, bourbon each. No, we were not belligerent. No, this had nothing to do with We weren't stumbling up to the bus. Like, all we did was use the front of the queue <laughs> to avoid snaking through the whole thing. I would admit if we were in the wrong. I would certainly admit if we were tipsy. I'm not afraid to do that. I mean, hello, monorail with monorail bar crawl. Come on. Listen, we don't I, hide it. I will we tell well you behaved. when I was tipsy. Don't worry. We, it was not that night. Are we ready to move on to Tuesday? I think so. For those that are still listening. Well, you can listen to us on demand. That's the beautiful thing about a podcast. Pause us and come back if yeah, you have to. Yeah, when you get sick of us, you can turn us off and then come back to it later. All right, Tuesday. For for all the money. Okay, so uh, I, I want to note something again. Now look, folks, this isn't just us rambling for the sake of, like, there is valuable information here for your trips. We have to take the Skyliner that morning. Again. Again, which is fine for everybody but you. Okay, no, not not just me. Okay, here's my bigger issue with it. I can get over my heights nonsense. I did it. I closed my eyes. Also, if I don't get into heaven for not cursing in front of this kid and their family, I don't know what's going to get me there. Here's the thing. Anytime, any other time we've done the Skyliner. This is what I'm bringing up. Oh, I thought you were, were going to get into Rise of the Resistance. No, but okay. no, no. Because no. this was our first time riding it. Every other time, because we've used it on our October trip due to COVID, they were only loading in two people at a time. Well, it was just your party. Right. I'm sorry. Just your party. So for us, it was just Just the two two of us. us. So I was able to panic and scream every four-letter word that I wanted to if the thing stopped. Then on Saturday, when we were doing our Epcot day, we weren't there during peak hours. So we were put on just the two of us. Right. It's peak time because we were rope dropping Rise of the Resistance and they put us on with another family. And I went, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I'm just going to have to sit here in silence and suffer in silence with my eyes closed. And they're going to think I'm a lunatic and I don't care because I. the other thing is I was trying to be very mindful. I didn't want to freak out the kid because the kid will... A kid will latch on to that, and I didn't want to make them scared unnecessarily. Right. And I'm going to heaven. But it is noteworthy to mention that if you are used to having a private gondola when you use the Skyliner, at this point in time, if you're doing it during peak, it is no longer going to be private. They are going to put you with other people because they are going to keep the gondolas moving because they're trying to move the very, very, very... Very, very, very packed hotels and parks. I will say this, though. The more people that are in there, the less it swings. And I appreciated that. It was better. That was better for sure. 
But no, to my original point, though, you said it's fine for everybody but me. I'll get over my heights issues. I did. I did it. You know, I knew it was the only way to get there and that you were not paying for another Uber just so that I could be comfortable. Wasn't going to happen. So (laughs) what happens? Seriously, if God forbid you have a heart attack or a stroke on this thing, there is nowhere to go. There is no one to come and get you until you can get off at the next stop. Like, has anybody really thought this through? No. I don't think people go, what if I have a heart attack at Disney? I don't think that's what people go in there with the mentality of. Well, you don't expect to, but it could happen. What if you What if you have heat stroke on this thing? I've never gotten hot enough in a gondola to have heat stroke. You, but you're not 80. What if you're there with a grandparent and something happens? I get the Uber. I don't know. <laughs> this is where it's like shame on Disney for not offering the buses an alternative. Right, you're 80 feet closer to heaven. What can I tell you? <gasps> <laughs> okay, let's t- speaking. Of I don't heaven, know why that surprised me because you would say that on any day of the week. I guess I'm just surprised that you commit that to audio uh, at this point. Let's talk about heaven for a second. And by heaven, I mean rise of the resistance. I'm I'm still not over it. I have been trying for. We've been home. Uh, by the way, six... that co- that comment is just out of pure like frustration, and I can't <laughs> do the skyliner argument anymore. Uh, we've been home for six days now and I've been trying to think for six days about how I wanted to word this and I, I still don't have words. There are just no words. There, that's the thing, right? I don't, I'm not going to spoil the attraction if you haven't gone on it, but there are no words truly to explain what it is like being on that attraction and for like all of the elaborate detail we've given you with people like Topher and Skyliners... The most I can say about Rise of the Resistance is it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's absolutely incredible. I don't want to spoil it because we have been avoiding for well over a year any ride-on videos. Two years now. Yeah, it has been that long because we did in 2019, we did do Smuggler's Run and it 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 opened opened like like, three weeks later. Exactly. We missed it by such a small margin. So we have been actively avoiding any full ride-through videos that are going to spoil anything. We've all seen on social media, because there was just no escaping it, and I think they did this as a press photo. We've seen the Stormtrooper reveal. We have seen the Kylo animatronic, which it was lovely seeing the Wicked Witch again. I will stand by that. I will die on that hill. That is definitely recycled animatronics from the great movie ride. I think you're right. Uh, it, the, the movement is just too close. Yeah. You know, and I, I've think it's fair to say that I've ridden the great movie ride quite a number of times where I know what the heck I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, for as, I mean, as, as little as we had seen the things that we did see prior to riding it were still such a surprise just because of the way that they were presented. Whatever you think, you know, if you have not seen a full ride through video, you're still going to have your mind blown. And that's why we don't want to say too much more than that because I would never want somebody to have the experience spoiled. But m- my God, I, I I, got nothing. It's amazing. As much as I, as I sit there and I will miss the Backlot Tour until I die, this was the one time where I was like, okay, I get it now. Yeah, I would do everything in my power if you've not ridden it before to not watch any ride-throughs and just... Keep your head on a swivel and just take it in and appreciate it and love it for what it is uh, because it was that good. Um, Let's talk about Mickey and Minnie's 
Runaway Railway. Another first time ride for us. And uh, you and I have two very different opinions of Runaway Railway. So I'm going to let you go first. Okay. It is no secret, like I said. Great movie ride, Stan. I love it. I miss it. I didn't see the value in taking it away. Even though it is an older attraction, even though I think that this generation of kids who are attached to video games and are latching on to these rides where video is much more incorporated, I understand where Great Movie Ride might not have been their cup of tea. But as a historical attraction... And for me, I mean, maybe this is just my bias. I think it's so important to expose kids to, to to films that they may not necessarily see. If they're not on Disney Plus or, you know, if, if it's an older MGM movie or an older Paramount or uh, Columbia movie or something like that. These films, because of streaming services, are being stripped away. And I just think it's important for kids to have exposure to the arts like that and to to know the classics and to see these classic Hollywood musicals. Part of me feels like the great movie ride was taken away because a lot of these films not only feel dated, but some of them because the mentality of our society has changed as it rightfully should. Um, You know, we're correcting things. I, I don't off the top of my head think that there was anything so offensive on that ride that needed to be stripped away immediately. There were some people that didn't like things in Casablanca, but I mean, other than that, it's all pretty. It's it's, it's pretty not like Pirates of the Caribbean, where once they realized, and and I disagree with this, but once they realized that people would find things offensive, they they ripped it out right away and they put red in its place. It wasn't like that. So anyway, I can see where people may have felt like this was a dated attraction that needed some updating. I disagree. So there was a full bias going in here. Did I cry as soon as we sat down in the ride car and start pulling through and and miss the spiel and, and miss Ready When You Are CB and miss going through that first tunnel and being greeted by this classic Hollywood film? Yeah, the tears were flowing. I don't know if you caught it. I hid it from you, or at least I tried to. But... I knew going in, I, I was like, I wasn't honestly expecting to have such a, like a guttural reaction to it. But I like, I don't want to say I hated it immediately, but I was crying out the gate because I missed it so much. And I didn't, I really was not expecting that from myself. Um, so I was trying to take it in as much as I possibly could. Um, I do appreciate the art. And how everything is made to look like a cartoon. I think they did a phenomenal job with that. Because it is just so cool. And I love the new Mickey cartoons. If you're not watching them, go do yourself a favor. They are so funny. The way yeah. that they poke fun at themselves. And and their classic films. They're, they're just brilliant. Um, did Mickey and Minnie deserve their own ride? Absolutely. Could you have put this anywhere else? Yes. That's my gripe with it. I don't feel like what we got, like I said, with Rise of the Resistance, I'm not happy about the Backlot Tour, but I see where there was value in creating this world. And in order to make room for it, you had to take something away. 
I don't think we needed to take the great movie right away in favor of this. But with that said, it's a catchy song. Nothing can stop us now. The ride looks incredible. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much. I think everybody knows at this point it's a trackless system. That was very cool, too. Um, and there were a couple of surprises in there where I went, huh, that's cool. But I, it's not worth it. It's It's just not worth it to me. And see, I think that I wish that the Great Movie Ride was still there. I think that you could have just kept updating the Great Movie Ride. Um, I'll give you that one, yeah. Switch out some of the films that are deemed problematic now. I don't think that there was necessarily a reason to get rid of the Great Movie Ride. But at the same time, I understand for people that are going to Disney World, and they it's why Frozen is in Epcot. Because people show up and go, where's the Elsa ride? People show up and go, where's the Mickey Mouse ride? Because half the people that go to Disney have never been to Disney before, but because they saw it on some, you know, parent group on Instagram or they're hearing the other class parents talk about it and they want to get their their selfie in front of the castle with the ears, they, they just go and they go, where's the Mickey ride? Because they just assume it's going to be there. Um, I think they deserve an attraction... I think you're out of space at Magic Kingdom. I, I think you're kind of out of space at this point at Epcot. Um, I don't see where you're going to put them in Animal Kingdom. I think the only place you can put them realistically is studios. I'm not upset that they gave them the attraction, but I just don't know why they had to eliminate Great Movie Ride. Now, with that being said... Is it an upgrade? No. Is the ride fun as hell? I think so. I I really enjoyed Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. This is another ride where I would suggest not watching any POVs. Don't watch any ride-throughs. Just be surprised. Um, uh, there are some instances where I kind of felt like they were doing things with the trackless system just to say, hey, look what we can do. Yes. But... I didn't find it to be a ride that I walked off of going, I'm upset by this. Um, great movie ride it is not, but as its own attraction, I found it to be quite enjoyable. I guess my big thing is that, and I still don't understand why they did two of the exact same version of Galaxy's Edge. You know, like that was always the whole thing, right? We were supposed to get Cars Land in Orlando and they didn't do it because they said, well, why have a copy of it? It's going and, to, and we could make people visit both parks instead of giving them two. Right. Galaxy's Edge, I kind of get it because Star Wars is just so wildly popular. One's, one's probably not enough. But the other end of that is could you have told two different stories? Like maybe one's Batu, one's something else? Yeah, absolutely. So what I don't understand here is that we're also getting a runaway railway in Toontown in California. That's the perfect spot for it. I don't think it's worth taking away the Roger Rabbit ride, although I don't think that they are in favor of Mickey and Minnie. No, I think they're, they're adding it. Theming Roger Rabbit. Oh, they to be are more Jessica focused, actually, but they're putting her as like th- she's. I think they said she's going to be more of like an investigator or some something. They're they're doing a rethink, but they're but they're keeping it Roger Rabbit. I get presenting her as more of a strong female lead than a femme fat- 
tell, but you picked a really interesting character to do that with. But she's also a femme fatale. That's she's a classic Hollywood femme fatale. That's what the character is. Right. I guess that's why they feel the need to punch her up. But it's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even going to. I've said enough about the great movie ride. I. I don't need to get up on a soapbox for this. But anyway, um, Toontown, perfect fit. Right. You could have just put it there. I'm not sure why we need to. And and it's like for as much as Chapek nickels and dimes you, I'm really surprised that he's the one who who let this fly. I mean, granted, it was still under Iger's reign when this happened. I'm just surprised that the mentality was, yeah, let's have two. Mm-hmm. Um, well, look, with, with Chapek, he ran those parks, but uh, most of those projects were under Bob Iger. Right. So that's why they didn't skimp on them. You, it'll be interesting to see if Chapek lasts long enough, if any projects happen under him, whether they're going to have the wow factor or not. Um, so studios, very similar to... Our first day at Magic Kingdom, we knew after the first two hours in that park that when we did the second day, we were going to need Genie Plus. Right, because we, we got on after Rise, uh, we got on Toy Story. Yeah. You did Rock and Roller Coaster. Um, we got on... Of course, Runaway Railway. We just of talked course, about runaway, it. Yes, of course, Runaway Railway. But I didn't get on Tower because I didn't think it was worth the two-hour wait. Or Slinky. Or Slinky for the same reason. Um, so we went to Baseline to kill some time, which I, I hate saying that, but that's really what it was. I mean, we were going to go to Baseline anyway. They have an excellent charcuterie board. We knew that we were going to take a break there, but it felt like we were killing time. Oh, and we did Muppets. We did get to do Muppets. And we did Muppets. But... Besides that, the only other thing that we had left to do besides Tower was Smuggler's Run. And at that point, we we were just kind of waiting it out because we were going to do Single Rider. So we go to Baseline and Charcuterie and Pretzel as good as ever. But the one thing with Baseline to oh, keep that's in mind right. for your planning, yeah. um, they are only serving four beers on draft right now. Because a majority of the beers that they serve are from California. And there was one brewery in particular that had supplied about half of their taps. And they are not exporting any product out of California at present time. So the selection was pretty limited. It was still good beer. I don't feel like I got stuck with something that I didn't like. But the one that I wanted, unfortunately, was not there. But still a good time. Um, and, and honestly, I thought that that day the parks were a lot cleaner than we had seen them. But the problem is that the lines just never seem to let up at that park. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm going to pin that until our second day in studios because, Something happened on our second day at studios that kind of led us to a revelation about partly why the lines are such a disaster. But even the the food stands, same thing, 40 minutes to get a cup of coffee at Joffrey's at studios. They were as bad. And it was on a Tuesday afternoon. Mm. They were as bad as a Saturday at Epcot. No, and it was surprising, too, because 
Tuesday was not when people were taking like a four day weekend. It was Thursday for Veterans Day that people would take off Thursday, Friday or they are off on Thursday, take off Friday. And now you've got a nice little four day weekend. Right. So that was our day. Other than that, nothing else noteworthy to talk about at studios. Wednesday was an off day. I played golf with Brendan and uh, our buddy Jimmy Styles, who has been on the show before. You guys remember him from Dopey Dudes Podcast. We went and played the Palm. We had a great time. We got back. That was supposed to be our pool day, but this was Sean and Jackie's 2021 Disney trip. So as soon as I hit the lounge chair, it started to rain. I was by the pool. I, I was doing pretty good until you rolled up. It poured rain all day. And like it was supposed to let up and it wouldn't let up. And the one regret that I had was because it was raining so hard, we're, we're in the room. We I mean, yeah, we had our our food at that point. Obviously, we had it in the room and we had cocktails in the room. Um, but we weren't going to go kick it at Springs because it's pouring rain. We were having a nice dinner that night at Citrico's. So we kind of just hung out in the room. And it was nice just to get off our feet and kind of talk and recap. And we kind of started hashing things out for this conversation. But I wish we would have thought to go to Springs and use our AMC uh, Stubbs program to see Eternals. Because up to this point, we hadn't seen it. You know, we still haven't seen it. Um, that would have been a pretty good use of our time. But like it... The thing was, it kept saying it was going to stop raining. So we were like, okay, in an hour, we're going to leave. In an hour, we're going to... And then three hours later, it's, well, let's just leave now and try to get to Citrico's early and see if they'll seat us early. No, this was not like a passing storm in Florida. This was biblical rain throughout. And, you know, you're trying to dress up for dinner. We didn't want to come in soaked and looking gross. So we were like, all right, we'll get there a little bit early. We'll see the gingerbread house, uh, maybe have a drink at Enchanted Rose. And that all fell through because... Everybody who was in Magic Kingdom got out of the park, and I've never seen a wait there. There there had to be a 40-minute wait just to get into the bar. Yeah, so we knew right away, okay, that's not going to happen. But there are seats available at Citrico's, which is where we're eating tonight. So we checked in like two hours early. But this is where timing is everything, and the one time it worked in our favor. So they seat us. We go to the bar. We sit for about a half an hour. They seat us early. We had a spectacular, spectacular server. Uh, Roni, he was great. He was amazing. Real. And the theming of the Mary Poppins Returns, I, 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 I hesitate to call it theming, actually, because that makes it sound like over the top and, and kitschy. I would say it's inspired by Mary Poppins Returns. You see all these floral patterns in the couches. Yeah. Um, they're cabinet for all the glassware was uh, a carousel uh i just love how they did it just in the colors that they wove through in the chandelier it was all nods it was inspired by mary poppins returns but it wasn't over the top kitsch you know it's not character dining so you're you're not necessarily gonna get that that's not where you why you go there for right this was one of the few times where our timing really did work out for this trip because Seating us early not only gave us time to really drink in the restaurant, not not literally, but to like drink in and take in the setting of the restaurant, but it also got us who was one of my favorite servers on the trip. But everything else that happens from this point forward could have only happened if we were lucky enough to have the timing that we had. 
I kept looking over to the corner because there was now original Mary Poppins, not Mary Poppins Return. It was uh, on a hat rack or a coat rack, uh, the Julie Andrews hat, the carpet bag, and the umbrella. Not the original props from the movie. They're they're just... They're decorative. Yeah, they're decorative. I thought, because when they... We, we know they took away Meisner's and they put in the store. I thought we were seeing the back of a store. No, it was the chef's table room. And I realized that very quickly. I was like, oh, that's that's cute. And sure enough, out of the corner of my eye, I see light reflecting off of the bald head. <laughs> oh, it's you so, know where it's going. It's so true. And I went, is is that? And I, I asked Sean. I, I actually had to do the double take. And I was like, is that JPEG? And at first, you started to say, no, you were like, no, wait, oh my God. And if either of us had ordered steak that night and I had the knife, I should have just, I, I should have just gone. I, I should have just left. <laughs> but um, no, I, I shouldn't resort to violence. But man, I wanted to run up to him and give him a piece of my mind. I, I just could, I was in such shock that we actually saw him. I was like, of all places, like you're here and it was here's the other key thing about having that early reservation it's six o'clock my work day is 10 to 7 you're the ceo of disney i imagine you're starting your day at eight nine o'clock but you are wrapped by six are you kidding me well clearly don't you have something better to do now he was trying to avoid crowds it's become very clear that they are trying to keep bob chapek away from disney fans at this point I should. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I I had him <laughs> within reach. I should have just gone up and and given him a piece of my mind. So, we we get the chape exciting and have one of the best meals I have ever had on Disney property. It was incredible. Before we get to that, though, I will say that Chapek was shaking hands with all of the staff. He did put on the front of being personable yeah but everybody knew it was a crock yeah that's the thing like even the people who were shaking his hands like the cast members weren't even happy to be doing it they were just like right it's like he's the boss you got to shake his hand um no dinner was incredible it was it was worth it for the sighting but citricose jumped immediately to one of my favorite restaurants on property yeah it's in my top five it's in my immediate top five of restaurants on disney property I haven't seen you enjoy a meal that much in ages. I would have licked the plate. <laughs> if if I didn't have eyes on me, I would have been licking the plate. It, it was that Everything good. was delicious. So, so good. The fresh baked bread that they bring to the... <sighs> everything was just top notch. But that's Grand Flow, right? Like, everything is top notch. We also, because that timed out so well, found what might be one of my new favorite spots to watch the fireworks at the end of the night. We never leave the park to watch the fireworks, but because it wasn't a park stay for us and because we got out of dinner so much earlier, we jumped the monorail back to Magic Kingdom because we had to get a bus from Magic Kingdom back to our hotel because you can't you can't hotel hop from hotel to hotel. So we can't, you know, it's just keep this in mind if you have a dining reservation and it's your first time at the parks like if you're staying at a pop century or and you're eating at grand flow or contempo or the poly you there's you can't no, get you immediately can't just, there correct so you have to find a hub to transfer and it, the easiest from that area is magic kingdom and we knew if we time this out right 
we won't wait on a crazy bus line as the mass exodus is happening after Enchanted, but we could also catch it. And we caught it outside from the train station. It it's it is the most underrated spot. You don't see any projections, of course. So maybe it wouldn't have worked so well for Happily, but for this show, it might be the best spot to catch fireworks. Yeah, I mean, I know normally everybody's just like, oh, I'll go to a monorail resort and I'll watch from there. But it wasn't that crowded. Towards the end with people trying to beat the crowds and leaving, it did get a little crowded over there. But we were like already online at that point. Um, It was spectacular. And to see it, to see the fireworks coming up right over the train station. I wish we would have had the presence of mind to go run up and use our photo pass because that's a great shot to have the train station with the fireworks coming up over it. Um, but that's, what's nice about having a fireworks show back. You could, instead of having to stake a claim at one of the monorail resorts, you could sit on the monorail and just loop around and, and watch it and then hop off in front and, and see the show from, you know, or finish the show from in front of the train station. It was just absolutely beautiful. Um, it, it's such a great, it, it, you know, it's something people don't think of. I don't want to even say it's like a, the best kept secret. I just think you wouldn't think on those terms because everybody's trying to leave, but it really wasn't that bad. Yeah. So Thursday, we're back in the parks. We are it's Veterans Day. We are at Epcot. We take advantage of the early entry and we rope drop Soren. We basically walk right onto it. Um, in under two hours, because we took advantage of that early entry for park guests, we got on Soren the Land, Spaceship Earth, and we did the single rider at Test Track. So And got in the same car. And which got was in nice. the same car, which was awesome. So we uh we banged that out super quick. The lines were better. Yes. At all of the food stands, because it's now a Thursday, even though it was Veterans Day, it's not a weekend. Um, and Epcot was noticeably cleaner. It yes. wasn't as disgusting as it was. What well, wasn't disgusting? It was disgusting on that Saturday. This was just like as Epcot should be: super clean and just busy, but not out of control. Um, the only, the only stand that that kept running out of food was France, and they just couldn't get the food turned over fast enough. Well, you know what? It's because we were waiting for the three cheese beignet. And they make the bread fresh. So that's not something that if you're running low, you can just have an immediate supply because it's baked. So there was like, an, they just ran out and I guess they weren't on top of it enough. So there was another hour before the bread was ready. But other than that, we got to try pretty much everything that we wanted to try. We did the mac and cheese. Uh, we did, I got the faux, which was incredible. Um, I've never had it before, but we stopped at the noodle booth. Um, we did, we did. They were there, the, the ESPN had the, uh, the football countdown. They had the, um, they had the, the big sm the uh, flavors from fire. Yes. Uh, we got, I think that was the pulled pork. Was that more pulled pork mac and cheese? No, those were the nachos. That was yes, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. that pork belly or was it? Brisk? It was both. It was pork belly. It was the burnt ends. The burnt ends. It was really good. Yeah. Um, you got your your Guinness shake from Ireland. Awesome. <laughs> and the funniest part about that, uh, you can see that the rain is coming at this point, and it was another cooler day, but 
we were next to the Joffrey's booth in Canada and they started blasting the snow from Canada. And it was so cold. Sean was like, what is this now? I was like, relax. It's mashed potato flakes. Calm down. And then you couldn't get a Joffrey's because they had to close the booth town because there was a bees. swarm of bees. They had bees. Not Which the locusts, is fine. but I'd, the bees. I'd rather see them close completely because I have seen Joffrey's where the bees are trapped in the donut case and I'm like, how, how are we serving these? This is not okay. Yeah. Um. So basically rains the whole day. Let's talk about the virtually useless virtual queue because this is the first time we've ever had to use one. Yes. So you were up. I mean, we were both up, but I was in the shower. So at 6.59, you were all over Remy and we got boarding group 94. 96. 96, I'm sorry. At at 7 a.m. on the button. And our report time was one o'clock. So we're checking the app throughout the day. We're getting notifications that our boarding group is being pushed back. Uh, I believe what happened was that the ride broke down. So, okay. We get pushed back to the three o'clock hour. Not that big of a deal. But it keeps climbing. We get pushed back to four o'clock. We get pushed back to five o'clock. And now our friend is coming to meet up with us again and he's getting out of work at five. So we know that he's probably going to be there between five thirty six o'clock, which is now when we have been pushed to. On top of the virtual queue, there was a 40 minute wait. So this is where the system fails because it was nearly impossible to plan the rest of our day based on when we had to be back in France for, for Remy. So we were making our way through the pavilions, but because this time kept changing and then it started going up again and moving us earlier in the day, we made it to Japan and then we had to turn around and come back to get on the queue. Right. Instead of being able to just do the full loop, which we always do, um, you know, that's where this kind of goes out the window with the virtual queue, because we were also going to stake a claim early for Harmonious. So we end up getting on the attraction. Remy's Ratatouille Adventure is so much fun. It's so cute. It's a great time. I I loved it. I mean, I know a lot of people aren't that wowed by it, but I think the trackless system is really cute. Um, you know, I, I like the POV. The only thing that I wish was that again, and I think this is something, unfortunately, that we're going to see more and more of, I wish we weren't relying so much on the video screens because that's the difference between Disney and Universal. And where the hardcore Disney fans kind of pick fun at Universal. Exactly. I mean, Harry Potter, fantastic. Knocked it out of the park. But... There are so many rides that default to video. I'm not, I mean, with Remy, you do get that scene in the kitchen where you're in the shelves and everything, but it's just surprising they didn't do more animatronics in a ride like this. That's, that's like my one complaint, but otherwise I thought it was super cute. Um, and while we were waiting to do that, as we were making our way through the pavilions to Japan, we did stop in America, which I don't think you had ever done, um, the, the American Adventure. Yeah. I had done that as a kid. I've always liked it. I I always like those audio animatronic rides. But to be there on Veterans Day, that was really cool. Because the so cast nice. had the veterans stand up and, and we were able to applaud them. And that was pretty awesome. It, it just really tugged at your heartstrings. It was excellent. I mean, it was spectacular. Let's talk about Harmonious. Because we saw the, you know, we saw the broadcast like everybody else did. Um, 
and we really, really were not impressed with it at all. Um, I we will... had said we hoped experiencing it in person would be different, and we could justify the giant metal tacos in the middle of the lake, and we were hoping to be blown away by it. Now, here's the thing: we are both huge fans of Illuminations, and it it seems to me that if you really liked Illuminations, you really, for the most part, have not liked, on average, have not liked anything that came after. We really liked Epcot Forever, but we're people of a certain age and generation where we remember old Epcot, so I can see where if you're not of that generation, it just doesn't hit you. You know, it doesn't strike that chord. Um, does Harmonious strike a chord? I can tell you that I think Harmonious in person is so much better than it was on that broadcast. Is it Illuminations? No. Is it my favorite fireworks show I've ever seen at Epcot? No. Do I like it more than Epcot Forever? No. But I can't sit here and tell you that I disliked it either. I thought it was very good live. Um, before I give my harmonious review, one thing we also didn't mention with Enchanted, the big gripe with that is people are saying there's no Walt in it, there's no... Uh, nothing for the 50th anniversary. None of that was ever promised to us. Nobody ever said this is a 50th anniversary specific show. This could just be the new show that runs for 10 years. There, we don't know that this is going to last a year and a half while they're doing the 50th celebration and then move on to something else. I honestly think these are new shows that are going to be around for a while. I don't think after a year and a half that they're just going to pull the plug that quickly. Um, so I know that's a lot of people's gripe with it. Uh I agree to an extent, even if you're not going to be 50th focused, that we should, because it's the 50th anniversary, insert Walt into some of this. Um, do I think that they covered a broad range of films for generations to enjoy? No, but this is also not a celebration of the Walt Disney Studios. This is a celebration of the Walt Disney Park. So with all of that being said... I think Walt should have been more present in both shows, specifically Harmonious, because this was his park. Epcot was his dream. That's why Epcot Forever, to me, is the best fireworks show they've ever done there. So the fact that you bothered to put in these ginormous screens and didn't do anything like World of Color where they use Walt video and audio and incorporate that, how do you not have the the explanation of Walt saying what Epcot stands for to introduce this and then show some of his classic era films if you're bothering that's the other thing I'm a purist if it's a fireworks show it's a fireworks show I don't need the video screens so those were not justified for me I know that Chapek cut the budget. I know this for a fact that Chapek cut the budget because those things were supposed to be able to go in and out of the marina. Yeah. And they pulled the plug on it. So now they just sit there. It absolutely does not justify blocking the view of World Showcase to me. I was hoping to be blown away. I was hoping to be proven wrong. I was hoping that I could say, all right, you know what? These don't look great during the day. Like Osborne lights, right? Did they look great during the day? No, they look no. horrible. But... You could justify it because it was spectacular and it was only temporary. And it was Christmas lights. Yeah. Christmas lights don't look good during the day. This is going to sit here 
forever. Now. You're blocking the friendship boats. They got to go around them. It, it's just a giant obstruction through and through. And I just couldn't justify it because there was nothing I got. Now, we sat. I'm sure it does look better straight on. And we knew this going in, but we wanted to watch from Rose and Crown. We wanted a drink. We wanted a seat. And that's what we did. And that was worth the experience to me, not being able to see. You could see the tacos, if you will, but you couldn't see the portal to yeah. Doctor Strange's universe. Yeah, yeah. Stargate. Exactly. Um, but that was fine. That's not what ruined it for me. The tentacles offer nothing. I'm afraid one of them is going to snap off and go flying into the crowd to be honest with you um they added no value the fountains didn't work the way that i thought that they were going to i thought we were going to be projecting into the fountains um there there was nothing really redeeming for me and the choice of film what i did like i will say this i love the incorporation of having the films in their native languages yes but you didn't do it with all films. And then you throw in things like the Jungle Book, which to me is more representative of Animal Kingdom. Right. Same with the Lion King. Right. So we don't need those here. Focus on, you know, if the whole point was to to highlight diversity and and make this an inclusive show. Leave those things where they are and incorporate more films that have to, that are tied back to all the countries being represented. With that said, I did like at the end where they shot off the fireworks from each country into the middle. I thought that was pretty cool, but I think that that could have been in any Epcot show. Mm -hmm. And I just don't get, I mean, I get it. I know why you did it. You had to put Moana in because the kid's going to cry if they don't see Moana. Okay, fine. But I just feel like we missed the mark with the films that were chosen and the way that they, the 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 way that they executed this to me coco was the only thing where i went aha this makes sense i get why you did this and i see how this is supposed to work moving on to friday it's our second magic kingdom day this was also there were there was a lot that happened on this day it was disney plus day which we have a few things to discuss it was also the first day that we used Genie Plus because, as we talked about earlier, we tried to avoid using it because we didn't want we didn't really want to have to buy in to using a service that used to be free. Exactly. But as we mentioned at this point a couple of hours ago, we really didn't have a choice, and we knew that going into it. Well, that's how they get you, though, right? Yeah. I think everybody or the majority shared our mentality. I would say probably 75% of people in attendance had the same mentality we did and didn't buy it. So what happens? The queues go up. Right. It's over an hour yep. for things like Omnimovers and rides like Pirates where they can get a lot of people on or even Jungle Cruise was an 80-minute wait. And we were like, are we really going to go to Disney 50 and come back and say that we didn't ride the Jungle Cruise? Right. And hook, line, and sinker, we bought into Genie Plus. And to the point you made earlier, I do think there is something to be said for playing with the wait times a little bit because it, it did seem like they were not totally accurate. Now, with that being said, as a Disney Parks veteran... I thought that there was some value in Genie Plus, 
and I thought that at times it was super intuitive, but there were other times where I kind of felt like perhaps we got ripped off. I agree with now, that. The the us being ripped off portion of it, I think, kind of fell more towards the second day at, at MGM, which was the day after this. We'll talk about that in a few moments here. I actually thought that Genie Plus, in terms of its functionality, worked really well at Magic Kingdom. Right. Well, if you do the option that's not paid, that's where there's value in it for first-timers who don't use a vacation planner, which I highly recommend. Um, it was intuitive in assuming where your location was and what you would want to hit next. I like that it was not sending you over from Tomorrowland to Adventureland, back yeah. to Fantasyland, to Liberty Square. That's something I feel like a lot of people don't know. Like, when we were kids, and we w- when when I would go with my family... We would start in Tomorrowland, and you would ride the rides in Tomorrowland. Then you right. would move on to Fantasyland, clear right. that out, and you know, and so forth and so on. And that's what you and I did in our first couple of trips. But then, as time went on and the crowds increased, it used to be like, all right, well, we have a fast pass over here. We'll move to this side of the park later. Then we'll come back. And for us, that's fine as two people. As a family of four, I can't imagine wanting to drag the stroller to the other side of the park just because you have a fast pass. So this is where it was intuitive and giving you the availability of things that were within your reach to eliminate having to bounce back and forth so much. There's a balance that kind of gets struck here with uh, Genie Plus. On the one hand, it was very familiar to us because... You don't you don't pick the time in which you get to utilize the lightning lane. It just gives you a random time. So it's sort of a callback to when it was the paper fast pass. And right. you would just have to go and scan your ticket and whatever they spit you out is whatever you got and you had to plan your day from there. And instead of doing like with a fast pass where there was a ride category and you couldn't be holding two thrill rides at a time or you know two two similar rides at a time the playing field was pretty much leveled for that however the caveat is that all of the bigger attractions they're going to bang you for but that that's a whole other that's a separate conversation right so in you know on the one hand it was it was harder to plan a day much like it was when we had the paper fast passes. Now, when we were going to Disneyland and we used uh, Max Pass, what that did was eliminate having to make your fast passes 30 days in advance. And we actually came away from that trip saying, you know what? I kind of like that I didn't have to be up at 7 o'clock in the morning trying to plan a day, you know, a month out without knowing. What happens if we're late getting to a park? What happens if a bus runs late? What happens if there's a thunderstorm? You know what I'm saying? Like, it was kind of nice to be able to make plans on the fly. So th- this this very much kind of toes the line. I think this was slightly more intuitive than Max Pass. What I didn't like about it was, in spite of the fact that it was more intuitive... I didn't find it to be as user-friendly as the 
standard My Disney Experience. Now, maybe that's just because we've been using My Disney Experience for such a long time. I felt like this app was developed for somebody that knew to hand Disney an American Express card, had enough sense to download an app, and yes. I would agree with that. I don't think it has anything to do with being used to one thing. I mean, you were on an iPhone for years and you just went back to a galaxy like this, you know? Right. Uh, so I don't, I don't think that that's an excuse. I think this app was, was clunky. We were getting a lot of error messages for no reason. Uh, more so the second day we used it at MGM, uh, we had issues with being able to book in the two hour window when we knew we had released a pass, but more on that later. Um, I think it would be even more useful when more of the crowd sucky attractions come back and the parades come back because it will be able to give you more options of, of things that are free with lower wait times. And, you know, the other thing with that is that when more of the crowd sucky things come back, the wait times for the queues are just going to go down right. by default. Yeah. So, I I think that's the other thing. And that was kind of an eye-opener for me with Genie Plus. Do I think that there's value in it? No, because it was once free. So I'm never going to stand behind having to pay for this service now. But what I will say is that I don't think it's fair to judge it so harshly when we haven't really seen what it can do because we're still not back to normal yet, so to speak. Without all of the attractions and shows open, it's not going to get utilized to the fullest. And at the time of this recording, it's still a new piece of technology. It's only been available for a couple of weeks. So I'm sure that Disney is going to work some of the bugs out of it. I think they'll clean up perhaps the interface. I think they'll fix the clunkiness of it. I think it asks the right questions if you don't know what you're doing. And perhaps that's who they're trying to accommodate. People who are absolutely clueless going to Disney. And I get that. But if if you're used to it being a certain way, it's going to throw you off. Right. Like if you're someone who thinks Rise of the Resistance is located in Tomorrowland, this is it's going to be very helpful. You. Yeah. But for for the people that really know Disney for the locals, for the veterans. I kind of feel like we we would share a similar view on it, that it's not, you know, you, you don't really need it. Right. So we mentioned before it was also Disney Plus Day. Let's talk about Disney Plus Day at the Magic Kingdom. We were so excited to be there, although I feel feel like MGM had a lot more going on because we didn't really get to see any of the rare characters. And honestly, that didn't bother me because I felt for something being on brand, it made more sense that the studios would get more than Magic Kingdom. For sure. The only thing that I truly felt gypped on was that Disneyland got Max Goof as Powerline. They got some great stuff. I feel like I missed out. So when we arrived, we knew... That as a subscriber, you were privy to certain perks, like PhotoPass. They had free PhotoPass if you were a subscriber. And I thought that the PhotoPass was awesome. It was great. I thought that 
I was really impressed with the fact that every time you went up, you had to show your subscription to the PhotoPass yes. photographers or really for anything that involved a giveaway because that all gets linked back to your My Disney experience. And even with Memory Maker, yeah. that wasn't good enough to cover it. You still had to show your Disney Plus subscription. It was a ton of fun. There were plenty of them. There was never a huge line for it because technically speaking, although I feel like most people that are in the parks have Disney Plus, it was not open to just everyone. It had to be for a subscriber. We got pins as soon as we walked in, which was a nice touch. It was. Before we get to what I know you want to get to next. Yeah. I do have to say there was a reason we were not there for rope drop. And I think this is worth mentioning. Oh, yes, yes, 100%. Because Good it call. set us back. Um, there was, for the fourth time that week, Yep. or, or three out of four, no, four. when it we was, were there, this was, was the four. fourth day? This was the fourth. There were four ticketed events in Magic Kingdom during the time that we were there. That's excessive. It's very the Merry party. is not even, Very Merry doesn't even go off that much, I don't think. And certainly right. not in November. So. Magic Kingdom hours for people who did not have a ticket to the after hours event uh, was open from eight to eight. So as a resort guest, your extra hour was at 7 a.m. Same thing for Disney Plus subscribers. Exactly. So now already you've leveled the playing field. If you're a local to Florida who is not staying at a resort, you can get there the same time. So you're not really giving resort guests anything beneficial there. In fact, you really shot us in the foot because now to get to Magic Kingdom by 7 a.m., you got to be on a bus by 6, which means... At the latest. I was going to be waking up at 4.45 a.m. on my anniversary. Nothing screams vacation less than a 4.45 a.m. wake-up call, and that's not even on a day we were flying. We've already done that. Yeah. And not for anything, but perhaps I'm making a broad generalization, but if you are a local to Walt Disney World, if you love Disney parks enough that you make the conscious decision to live close to them, I am sure that you have invested the $6.99 a month for Disney+. Plus. So, in reality, to your point, the early entry is basically non-existent. Now, we did get up at 4.45 in the morning, and like as soon as we woke up, we decided we're not doing this. I had a massive headache. I, I was like, I'm 35. This is the tail end of the trip. I, I cannot do this anymore. And I wanted to enjoy the day. That was the other thing. I was like, we still, at that point, still had three days left. I wanted to enjoy the rest of the trip. I was like, I just can't. So Sean was kind enough to let me sleep until 5.30. And then we got up and made our way to the parks. Well, you are vacationing in the wrong vacation destination if you are not a morning person. I think that's sort of what we have gathered at this point. With all of that being said, we don't do the early access. We don't even rope drop. We get there slightly after rope drop, but at least we don't have a headache. We're feeling up for the task of being there for the day. We get the pins as we walk in, and they didn't tell you what else you were getting because they were trying to make everything like a surprise on the My Disney Experience app or any of the social media. Which is fun. It, it is. It is fun. 
So after like an hour or two, we start seeing people that are walking around with Disney Plus Day hats with the date embroidered on them. And I walked over to somebody because I didn't know if they were giving them away, if they were selling them. Like, what was the deal? Was it like a DVC thing? I don't know. And the reason why we wanted them is because it was our five-year anniversary. We've mentioned that a couple of times. And it was that particular day. So we wanted it because it was dated. Yeah, it would have been a nice keepsake. So I asked somebody, where did you get that? They go, oh, some cast member gave it to me. That they couldn't even tell me where. So we bring up at one of the PhotoPass locations, like 15 minutes later, oh, yeah, you know, we're looking for the hats. And these cast members, God love them, were excellent. They tried calling in to get us each a hat because they knew it was our anniversary. And technically speaking, we were privy to them because, you know, because we are Disney Plus subscribers. And they placed a couple of calls and said, okay, these these X places don't have them, but go to guest services at the front of the park. So at this point, we're thinking they've probably run out because we weren't there before rope drop for the extra hour. But maybe there was still a chance. So a little while later, you know, because we had other things we were trying to get done. We were trying to finish some attractions we didn't get to on the first day. We had like We were lanes. locked into Lightning Lane. But a little while later, we go to guest services. Or I should say Jackie goes to guest services. I get online to get popcorn on Main Street because it's our last day in Magic Kingdom. I haven't had my popcorn on Main Street yet. I'm going to let you take this because I was not there for this portion of the story. So I asked the cast member at guest services uh, if they had any more Disney Plus Day ads. And I said, we missed them this morning. We've been trying to track them out, track them down all day. I didn't even play the anniversary card. Uh, so she answers me potentially. Now, I understand you don't want to show your hand because... You can't just give them out. So she said potentially, and then she asked to see our subscription. And I went, oh, because Sean's online for popcorn, and he has the subscription on his phone. I do not. So I was like, all right, my husband's, you know, down there. He's at the popcorn cart. You know, you, like, waved from the popcorn cart because we could see you. Right. And um, she was like, all right, have him come up with the subscription. So I was like, okay, great. We're going to get a hat. So... Come to find out, this is the longest line for popcorn ever, and the POS system went down. So what should have been a five-minute excursion for popcorn took more like 15, yeah, I thereabouts. think. So I guess because I had been waiting so long, the woman comes back out to me, and as Sean is walking back up to me, she goes, I should tell you that we are only replacing hats that have been lost. And because Sean appears right behind her, I didn't have enough time to go down to the popcorn cart and admittedly be dishonest about it because I didn't play the anniversary card and say, hey, go up there and say you lost your hat on a ride or something and then they'll give you one. Uh, But because Sean was in earshot and he walked right up, she was no longer willing to, to help us out with the hat. But it, she said it in a way that was like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And I looked at her and I said, I lost it. Jokingly. Jokingly. And she looks at me and goes, well, there's nothing I can do. Have a good day. And and I, and I we did say to her at that point, we were like, well, 
you know, they're going for a hundred dollars on eBay. And there were people and I, and we showed her, we're like, look, these, there's somebody on eBay who's selling these for a hundred dollars each and they have 10 of them. We're like, we're just looking to get one. I, and she was like, no, thank you. Have a good day. I can't. And she walked off and there was just something like about the way that she handled it. That was very much off putting. I'm not trying to sound like a spoiled brat. Right. But when you are told by somebody that you're going to get something for being a subscriber to a service, you would think the right thing to do is, you know, to make sure they get taken care of. And at that point, we weren't even looking for one each. We were just looking for one period. No. And I was like, this is, I mean, typical of just my life in general, where I was like, well, this is what I get for being honest. Great. And I thought because she had us waiting there for so long or had me waiting there for so long that she was going to hook it up no matter what. All you would have had to do was show your subscription. Right. So it was just I, I didn't even care that we didn't get one at that point. It was just the way that it was handled. Like you should have just turned me away from the jump. Yeah, it was like you could have one, but not really. Did you lose it? You did. OK, bye. There was just the way she yeah, like not for anything, because I know now like we sound like we're just complaining for the sake of. But this is this is very much a situation. It's a story where it's like you had to be there. Yeah. But the long story made short. And this is where maybe some people are going to roll their eyes and say, shut up, dinks. Um, <laughs> we ended up getting one, but we ended up getting one because some we we said to somebody, hey, look, we didn't get them. And they were like, OK. And they, and they gave us one because we weren't looking to get. We weren't looking to get greedy, and they were like, okay, and they, they produced one literally within a minute. So what this goes back to, this isn't even me being a baby and crying about, I had to find another person to get the hat, even though we technically rode one. This is more about kind of what we've been talking about over the course of this bonus episode, where it's a combination of... People I don't think are being trained in the Disney way because they're rushing people out onto the stage because they need to staff properly and they are understaffed. But this is another instance where typically there is that extra magic and Disney takes the extra step because even like we had on our trip reservation, it was noted that we were celebrating our five-year anniversary and again, I'm not trying to sound like a six-year-old, but we've showed up at the Disney parks for our three-year anniversary, and they send a glass of champagne, they send a dessert, they send... Like, I'm not even looking for that. I Just when you go and you scan the magic band, somebody usually says happy anniversary because it pops up. That none of this happened on yeah. this trip. So what this comes down to, more more so even than they're rushing people out... There is just a general attitude right now that is a trickle down from from Bob Chapek that's it because there's no accountability. There's that there's a bit of magic that is missing. I I'm comfortable in saying that. The little extra touches that you've kind of gotten accustomed to is what's lacking. Again, I'm not sitting here stamping my feet and plugging my ears and blowing hot air out of my mouth going I didn't get what I wanted for free. This is about 
there is a certain level of service and care that you expect from the Disney company. That's why we've been going for 10 years. We could travel anywhere in the world, but we keep going back to Disney. And, and a lot of our friends keep asking us, why do you do this? Because we don't have kids. And we say because nobody treats us better than Disney. There is just a certain level of service, cleanliness, and care that you're so used to. You know, for value, and I've said it on the show for three years. For value on the dollar, there is nowhere better in the world than Walt Disney World, in my opinion. But you're starting to see, at least in present times, where the TLC that you are accustomed to, from a cleanliness level to an extra magic level, there's just something that's not there right now. And I think that there are a lot of things at play. But I think that the bigger part of it, honestly, is just a general attitude problem. I would agree with that. The other big negative on this day, we were feeling pretty good about Genie Plus. We were getting on rides. We got, I, I would say halfway through our day, we got through more attractions than we did the first day in Magic Kingdom. Yeah. In half the time. Yeah. Um, we realized that Genie Plus is pretty much rendered obsolete when a ride goes down because we had the lightning lane for splash mountain, which I have not done in years, but I promised Sean, I would go on before they retheme it as Tiana. Uh, so I was, I was all set to do it. I was pumped. I was hyped. It was like, let's do it now while I'm feeling great about it. Uh, and we're walking up to it and I don't see water. And I was like, Oh no. So sure enough, we checked the app. And it's temporarily closed, like as it happens all the time. Right. Um, so at that point, because everything is digital, it would have been really nice to have a replacement lightning lane for that time slot so that we could have utilized that hour. Yes. And that's not what happened. The other thing that was really annoying about it was that we still couldn't book our next one because we never released the lightning lane. So somewhere in there, they have to address replacing your lightning lane if your said ride goes down. Not, you know, not give you the same one for later in the day because later in the day is probably already planned with another lightning lane. They need to compensate you for the ride that you missed because with fast pass if your ride was down they usually gave you a paper ticket to come back with yeah and honestly we had a couple of problems with fast passes for that ride it were fast passes lightning lane i'm just gonna call them fast pass forever we still call it mgm we had issues <clears throat> excuse me with lightning lane for splash mountain in particular because it broke down multiple times throughout the day. And it seemed like every time we had a lightning lane for it, it would break down. Because it was us on this trip. So, yeah, to your point, when we lost the initial lightning lane for it... We just ate it. And, right, we ate it and we ended up booking a second one for later in the day. Because at that point... We had to wait the two hours out because they didn't just give us a replenishment right then and there. And what did we do? We spent the full two hours waiting it out online for Jungle Cruise. Which had an 80-minute posted wait. That was that was shocking, honestly. We would have never waited that long. We were willing to do 80 minutes for the sake of we didn't want to go on a trip and not ride 
the Jingle Cruise. Right. But once you're in there, I mean, you're in for it. And yeah, two hours later, I mean, it was fun because that's when they were announcing all of the Disney Plus shows and the whole lineup. So every time something got posted in social media, you'd hear the buzz on down the line as everybody was checking their phone. So like in that regard, other than MGM that day, there was no better place to be. It was so much fun. But that was a long wait. And it it just wasn't fair because we ate the fast pass and had to do something to fill the to fill those to, to fill the time that was allotted. Right. So we wait until our two hour window is up. We get off of Jungle Cruise and we take another lightning lane for Splash because it was up and running again. And then it breaks down again. And when it broke down the second time, then it allowed us yes, a make good on another attraction, I guess because at that point they were closing Splash for the day. Not that it should matter because if you eat, if you eat a Fast Pass or a Lightning Lane, as you mentioned, and as we've mentioned I think a couple of times and we will continue to mention, you would get that Go Anywhere paper Fast Pass so you could just replenish it whatever time you wanted. So we get a replenishment Fast Pass that we can use on everything except Space Mountain and the Mine Train because those are upsells, so you can't use them there. Um, We end up using it on Thunder Mountain, but not in the time slot that we were supposed to be on Splash. So this is where it makes it very difficult and almost works against you as far as planning. And it tripped the system, and it instead of giving us... Instead of giving us the make good lightning lane and allowing us to make the lightning lane that we were due because we we had now exceeded the two-hour window where it unlocked our next selection, because it defaulted to a lightning lane as a make good, it tripped the system and it set our two hours back. So in other words, think about it like this. Lightning lane, you were given a choice every two hours. In this case... We could not make a choice for four hours, which some could argue, well, you got a lightning lane that you could use. Yeah, but it's because the attraction that we were supposed to be on broke down. If that attraction never broke down, we would have ridden it and then gotten another lightning lane immediately to use on, say, Thunder Mountain. Right, and that's where it's devaluing the money that was spent on it. And then at the end of the day, the initial attraction that we had it for, we never got to ride at all. Now, granted, I know it's like a joke how often Splash Mountain breaks. I get it. But that's two days that we were in Magic Kingdom and two days that we did not get on it. Yeah. Because of ridiculous wait times. Or malfunctions and breakdowns. Yeah. To be fair... Well, actually, no. I was going to say, to be fair, we did have dinner reservations, so we did have to leave at 7 o'clock. So we did cut some of our time short that could have been used for one last lightning lane. But we were only leaving an hour before close because, as we said, there was a ticketed event that night. So we would have been getting the boot by 8 o'clock anyway. Right. So I want to rewind and go back to Jungle Cruise for a minute here. Um, because not only are we online keeping up with Disney Plus news as things were breaking on social media, but the other thing that we observed, and it was truly heartbreaking, was 
the trash, the litter, and how disgusting. I I can't believe I'm saying that. How disgusting that queue area was. And what was really sad was that there was a duck that was walking around picking up like food scraps, which is fine. That's what they're going to do. Food scraps. That's one thing. But it was picking them out amongst the garbage. I mean, I have a photograph of a planter right by the water as we're walking through the queue of Jungle Cruise. Well, not really walking, standing because it was a two hour wait Four water bottles just thrown in the planter side by side while we're on the attraction. There was a there was a corner, um, I guess, where there's like a filter or a drain or something. It's nothing but floating candy wrappers and like potato chip bags and water bottles, more and, water and bottles. More water bottles. It was disgusting. That was heartbreaking to see, especially after waiting two hours to get on that ride, and you know, it, that's what's there to greet us. You know, and I'm not saying that they don't clean it i don't think that this is a case of the staff being spread too thin where they couldn't keep up i mean maybe in the queue that's the case but we know they go scuba diving to check those animatronics and to fix them so i'm sure at the end of the night there's somebody going around with a pool skimmer to get that kind of stuff out of the water okay fine this is more a nod at don't be trash yeah i mean if if you well I was going to say, if you wouldn't do it in your park at home, why would you do it at Disney? But clearly these people will just do it anywhere because they're slobs. Yeah, we've been to Six Flags. Honestly, there came a point where I started calling it Six Flags Mickey Mountain. And I listen, I have mentioned on this show, I I was a long-term Six Flags pass holder. And I always said I'll never compare it with Disney because they're not the same animal. But for for the value of that pass, I always got my money's worth. But I'll be honest with you, I don't think I, I have ever seen Six Flags as dirty as I saw Epcot that Saturday or Magic Kingdom on this Friday. And it was really, really sad. It was. It and and I'd said it before, there is absolutely no excuse when Walt himself was picking up trash, just simply because he loved his park so much. So with that mentality, if you care enough to want to work for this company, you're not above picking up trash. And if you're going there as a guest, come it, on, yeah, don't trash the place. It's just not it's not respectful. But think about the Vineyard Vines jerk that I talked about. On the first day. These people don't care. They just don't care. This was one of the hardest things of working at Chuck E. Cheese was when parents would come in and treat us like a babysitting service and allow their kids to trash the place. And I get it. It's Chuck E. Cheese. We're basically giving you a license to run amok in that place. But that doesn't mean it's yours to destroy. And that's that's what I'm seeing translated over to Disney now and it's really disheartening so we wrap up our day at Magic Kingdom and if I'm being honest with you our friend by the time we got to the end of our Magic Kingdom day I kind of said to you offhand you know we've got three days left here tomorrow we're in a park then we have an off day and then we've got basically a half day on property and we're flying out. And I said, it really, there's a part of my soul that has died 
admitting this, but I'm kind of glad that tomorrow is our last park day. Walking out of Magic Kingdom that day, and that's not a sentiment that I've ever shared. Usually I'm in tears walking out of Magic Kingdom for the last time. Especially after that first trip 10 years ago, we were both sobbing leaving because we didn't know when we were going to get to go back. And luckily we were fortunate enough to go every other year, but we would still cry when we would leave. This was, it just didn't hit the same for all of the reasons that we've mentioned. So we walk over, no, I'm sorry, we take the monorail over to Contempo because we had boathouse reservations at Springs that night. So we leave, and we didn't even leave. I don't think we left at 7. I think we just got to the point where we were like, you know, GTFO, I got to get out of here. Yeah, we did everything that we wanted to do. Like, I'm frustrated with a multitude of things that have happened today and are continuing to happen. It was like a quarter to seven. We said, let's just go. If we get to Boathouse early, maybe they'll seat us. If not, we'll have a drink and we'll just wait it out. So we take the monorail to the Contempo to jump a bus to Springs. And we thought, well, this is a safe move because of all of the budget cuts that Disney is pulling right now, they are certainly not going to cut the budget at a deluxe monorail resort. That would just be unfathomable. Ha! It's Bob Chapik. So we get to Spring... Well, we get to we get to the Contempo, and it's like a 15-minute wait for a bus. Because, you know, on the, on the screens, they tell you when the next bus is coming. And, All right, no problem. We've got plenty of time. We figured we just missed one, whatever. Right. It'll be here well, in two seconds. No problem. Plenty of time. So... Within Cut to me calling the boathouse. Because within about a minute of that bus's estimated arrival, the time disappears from the screen. They canceled the bus, and the next one is not coming for another half hour. It was 7.59. I remember that because our reservation was at 8 o'clock. So we had to call boathouse, tell them what happened, because... Number one, we don't want to pay the, the fee when we're on our way. We don't want to get dinged with the cancellation. But it's also our anniversary dinner. We don't want to lose the table. And when you called them, they seemed like they were just like, oh, yeah, whatever, no problem. Like, they're kind of used to it at this point. Mm-hmm. We get to Boathouse. We wait all of five minutes. They have the table ready. They we were outside on the water. No, this is like our fourth time eating at Boathouse. We love it. We love picked this it. as our anniversary dinner for a reason. Love Boathouse. One of my favorite meals on property. One of my favorite meals in general. They seat us. The kid comes over with the basket of bread. And he puts it down and he goes, your server, server will be here in a minute to take your order. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, something about this is not right. And I'm looking at the rolls and I'm like, okay, it's not this, but something seems like it's missing. The ramekin that has the soft butter in it that you spread on your bread, they didn't give us an empty ramekin. They gave us a dirty ramekin that had, like, the schmear of butter on the inside, and you could, like, see, like, the perforation for where they had that serrated knife and they were just scraping butter away. They didn't even clean it, much less put more butter in it, and we ended up with a dirty ramekin to start our anniversary dinner. And at that point, it's like, I, 
I was laughed out. I, I, I couldn't laugh anymore about Haha, this trip. But it's like you're just like so drained from having to deal with all of this. It's like you, like I'm not even mad at this point. I was just sitting there and I think at that point I said, you know, uh, there's a part of me that is just like, can, let's just go home and get the dog. Because, you know, Walt was staying with your parents. There was a part of me at that point that was just ready to like throw in the towel and be like, I, I just can't anymore no and it's twofold for you because sean has worked in food and beverage for a very long time he has ran high-end country clubs he would never in a million years let this fly ever so to see it happen at the boathouse which has been exceptional Every single time we've eaten there. So yeah, come I'm on, Lou sent me. <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, my God, how dare they? We're never going again. The reason that we are telling you this is because this is the level of trickle down that we are seeing with staff being spread too thin and completely burnt out. Even at one of the top of the top restaurants, you are still seeing slip ups like this. Now, this was... This was not our main server because when our main server did find out, he was mortified and really upset. And you could tell one of the few people left that actually cared. Yeah. And this is probably like the 10th time today that he's seen something like this and and he's exasperated with it. Not that he let it show. I I shouldn't say that. Like Handled it like a pro. He did. But the poker face came down for a nanosecond and who could blame him? Yeah. I mean, he was really good. He didn't bring me my wine that I was supposed to have with my dinner. Oh, that's right. Uh, and by the time he came back, he was like, didn't you ask for a drink? I was like, no, just the bill, thanks. Um, I mean, the meal was delicious, but like, it, it's just like every, uh, again, and and for the final time, because I can't, I can't say it again, it's just strike out, strike out, strike out, strike out. Like, that was kind of just our trip in general. And I'm not even to the last day yet. But, like, I, I, I just can't repeat it again. I can't repeat again that it was just a swing and a miss and a swing and a miss and a swing and a miss. So, it doesn't get much better. The next day is our final Parks Day. We're at MGM. I got up early. Because we had early entry it was on Saturday, so it was a one-hour early entry, not a 30-minute early entry. And because we were able to rope drop rise the first time we were there, we wanted to do it again because we had also signed up for Genie Plus for this day because the lines at attractions like Rockin' and Tower that are usually not insane were insane. And there was just a level of like for the lousy $15 and this is where they get you for the lousy $15. I just want to get through everything that I want to get through. If I've been here for a week and a half and I end up missing half the attractions, that's a problem. And frankly, that's a waste of money. Right. And that's where it's like, okay, for us who have been fortunate to go every other year, I mean, it's still a big deal because you're not getting what you paid for, but for the once-in-a-lifetime families, this is just not okay. Yeah. And I think the other thing that needs to be said is that MGM is where you feel it the most where you don't have the crowd-sucky rides. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of crowd-sucks, we were complaining so much we forgot to talk about the addition to Magic. 
that was one of the great things that happened that day. Yes. We were, uh, the, November 12th was the first day that it opened, uh, or reopened with right. Coco. Right. Uh, Not that you'd know that because the sign wasn't on the building, by the way. <laughs> that was like the most JPEG thing we saw besides the man himself. Um, I don't want to spoil too much. I will just say that I loved it. I cried. And it is in addition, they did not take anything away to put Coco in. Because there was a brief moment where I thought it had replaced Aladdin. And I went, oh my God, as much as I love Coco, I don't think I'm okay giving up a Howard Ashman song for for Coco. But um, no, it's it's just a great addition. The placement is perfect. And yeah. they gave PhilharMagic a much needed zhuzh. It's newly painted. It looks yeah, beautiful. Explain what a zhuzh is for somebody that's <laughs> not from the tri-state area, please. They gave it a facelift. There was a new paint job. You could smell the new paint. There was new carpet, uh, new 3D glasses. Um, new projector, new screen, new everything. New, um, like, air, the the things that shoot the air out and the water out at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you definitely got more of a blast. Um, it, it was just a much-needed pick-me-up. So, yeah, it was awesome. A zhuzh. Yeah, great. So... To wrap up my initial point, studios is where you really feel the lack of the crowd suck. They do have Beauty and the Beast going, but we still don't have Indiana Jones. That's not coming back until December 19th. You don't have two Fantasmic shows per night. There's not as many um, Star Wars things in the center of the part, which I, I get because you have Galaxy's Edge and it's supposed to be f- fully immersive. But even when that opened two years ago, they were still doing the Stormtrooper show in the middle of the park. Right. So when all you have is these little motorcades, this is, oh, and I'm sorry, the Frozen sing along is open. So what we realized very quickly is that there are like 10 rides in this park, which is not enough. When you don't have all of these other shows going on, it, 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 it just forms an instant cue. Lose one ride, the entire park is shot for the yeah. day. And, and mm-hmm. what we also realized, um, and I'll, I'll get to the point, I promise, because we had this conversation while we were, spoiler, waiting for them to reopen Rise because we rope dropped it and it broke down while we were waiting. We were like 40 minutes into an 80 minute wait. I, yeah, but I don't think for us it was realistically an 80-minute wait. I think for us it was closer to a 50-minute wait because we were in the last room before they actually put you yeah, into... Yeah, it went faster. This was one time it did work in our favor that the that the wait time was wrong. So we were kind of talking through this. And, and like you said, Indy's not back yet. Phantasmic's not back yet. Um, the movie ride... Yeah, okay, they replaced it with Mickey and Minnie, but I feel like you could get more people on the movie ride than you could Mickey and Minnie. Mm-hmm. But we also talked through no backlot tour. That was a ton of people, and it would eat up like an hour, so you're pulling a lot of people away. Lights, Motors, Action was a huge outdoor theater, and they did multiple showings a day. Again, you were pulling ten. you're pulling 10,000 people away for Lights, Motors, Action, and it kind of opened everything up. It we did not realize there was no you know countdown to fun parade that was running when mm-hmm. we first started going like there's just not a lot there anymore that pull crowds away and relieve any of these cues and it's not just the amount of people that these rides are taking in the backlot tour you're fulling a whole tram and that's almost a forty minute attraction by the yeah. time you do the opening show uh, with the water where where the chip the is going Bay. yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and then you go through the warehouse. I mean, there was a bathroom stop on that ride. You know a ride as long if there is a bathroom stop. Yeah. So you're talking about getting people onto an attraction for 40 minutes. Lights, Motors, Action. That was like a half hour long show. Plus, you know, by the time you get seated, it's like a good 15 minute wait. So again, 45 minutes. minutes to get out. Yeah, it's nearly an hour. Aside from Indiana Jones and Beauty and the Beast, you don't have anything that is absorbing that many people for that long. So what you have replaced in this park is not compensating the amount of people that you have been turning over, which is probably even more now thanks to Galaxy's Edge. Right. And I feel like... I mean, it just dawned on us, but I feel like this is the part that nobody's talking about because we had to be like Universal and have more action rides. You, you're you like sinking the ship here. When it comes to studios. Even the, um, how could I forget this? My favorite thing, the, the art of animation class. Right. And that would pull a couple of hundred people every half hour. But every half hour. Right. Um, so Rise Breaks Down. Now, we've wasted the entire early access. Okay, listen, things happen, nothing we can do about it. They evacuated the queue. They didn't give us the option to continue waiting. So, they have us scan our magic bands as we're walking out. You know, they have the, the tablets and the, and the phones, and they're scanning us. They go, okay, we've replaced it with a lightning lane. Cool, so I can come back and lightning lane, ru- well, no, you can't. You have a go-anywhere lightning lane, except for Slinky Dog, because then you have to pay for it. No, Slinky Dog they had. Rise was the only one you couldn't use it on because they had already sold out of lightning lanes for the day. So the I r- thought there was another ride that you couldn't use it on, though. No, Magic Kingdom blocked out more. Yes, okay, but, no, but you not, are right. not the case at Studios. We could have done it on Slinky, but like not for anything... I didn't wait 90 minutes on the queue for Rise of the Resistance and eat the early access privilege to go on Slinky. I didn't do that to go on Tower. I didn't do that to go on Rock and Roller Coaster. If I wanted to do those attractions, I would have walked on them during early access and been done. Or used a lightning lane later in the day, which was still an option for us. So the fact that they gave you the go anywhere except for the ride that you got cheated out of is problematic because they are now upselling them. And I that that really left a sour taste in my mouth. And again, when they gave us the freebie to go anywhere, it set the clock off again. Yes. So here we are again where we technically... No, and it, actually it was a six-hour wait for us because we had a lightning lane. I got it at 7 a.m. We had Midway Mania. And we had timed it out because the Midway Thinking Mania Thinking we would one, be off rise. Exactly. And you could just go out the back exit of Galaxy's Edge into Toy Story Land because I think I had it for like 10.30 in the morning. We had, yeah, like a half hour of wiggle room, assuming we would have been off rise by, by like nine. Right. Well, we would have had 90 minutes at that point. I had a t- it was a 10.30 lightning lane. So we right, had no, so minutes. we allowed a lot of padding for Rise. What we left time for was if we wanted to go on uh, Smuggler's Run or Swirling Saucers, right. we were giving ourselves room to do those while we waited out the clock to use the lightning, uh, lightning lane over at Mania. So while we're standing on this line, we now know there's no way we're going to make Mania, so we have to slide the lightning lane 
back. We had to cancel. And this is the other thing. They don't allow you to edit Lightning Lane. You have to just cancel out your selection and hope you find another one. Right. And this was before they they had temporarily suspended it. Right. They hadn't evacuated us yet. Exactly. So we knew we were going to have to eat it no matter what. But you were able to push it back a little bit. I was able to get one around 12 o'clock. So now it's... 9.30 in the morning by the time they evacuate us. So I'm two and a half hours into my two-hour window, which technically doesn't start until 11 o'clock anyway because you get a 7 a.m. selection as a park guest. but Everyone else has to wait until 9. Everyone else has to wait until 9, but you have to wait until 11 because you you as a park guest get... First crack at eight o'clock in the morning. Right. Or, sorry, it's seven o'clock in the morning. So now we got to wait till eleven to make our lightning lane. Right. It- you're you're getting first crack at seven instead of nine. What they made it seem like is that you got one at seven and, and nine. You could nine. reset. No, no, not the case. Not the case. So now we can't make one until eleven. Oh, but wait, because they gave us the freebie for rise. That set the clock off again. We couldn't make a lightning lane for six hours. And at that point, I like we almost went. Honestly, we almost went and canceled it at that point. We were just going to be like, just take this off. Give us the $30 back. Uh, it's just not worth it. But because- we went to guest services again. I've not gone to guest services on any trip. And now you're talking about twice in 48 hours. Yeah. And they they kind of just explained it. They were like, well, yeah, this is how it is. No real bedside manner. And at that point, we said, what do you want to do? And and I had said, at this point, at this point, the day's basically shot anyway. Let's just hang on to it, and then we'll just get on what we get on. Because the other thing is, I'm just so frustrated at this point that I'm ready to just throw my hands up and be done. And so that was basically what happened to us at studios that day. I will... For Magic Kingdom, Genie Plus made sense, but at studios, it's basically worthless because in spite of the fact that you will eventually skip a line, there are so few attractions in studios that you'll never be able to get to all of them over the course of your day. Just with how everything is structured with how they clock everything. You're never going to really get your money's worth out of it. And and, and as we mentioned before, if you lose one attraction, because I can't even call it a premier attraction because the lines are so bad at all of them. Apparently, they're all premier attractions. Mm-hmm. If you lose one attraction, it ruins the entire day at studios because the park just cannot handle losing one ride. Exactly. Moving on to Sunday. It was our second to last day there. We were done with parks at that point, And we had what I would go so far as to say is the best breakfast we have ever had on Disney property, character dining included. I dare say it's the best breakfast I've had in life, period. It was... Absolutely out of this world. Yeah. Do not sleep on brunch at Art Smith's Homecoming. We've heard about it for so long, but we've just never been able to time it out. 
I'm telling you, it you have to do it. You just have to do it. Oh, yeah. And we have been there before. We've gone late night for cocktails and gotten a couple of appetizers several times. Yeah. And it's always been a great experience, but we've just never been able to fit the brunch in. And it was just so worth waiting for. And we did wait because this is worth noting. We had an 1115 reservation. Uh, they were refusing walk-ups at that point because, I mean, it's a Sunday and they did have a private event as well. Um, and we got there, we were there like right at 11.15 and I'm not exactly sure what happened, but we didn't get seated until almost 10 to 12. So just something to be aware of. I mean, we had the whole day ahead of us. We had some some wiggle room as far as timing goes, but that happened a lot with our reservations. We had talked about it earlier with Skipper Canteen, but I feel like this is just sort of the norm as far, and this is just, it goes to further prove our theory that they increase capacity again. I feel like they're just letting it slide that these reservations are being sat late, even if you were there at your check-in time. So not a big deal for us when we had an off day, but if you have a breakfast reservation and you're trying to get to a park and you have lightning lane, be prepared. Give yourself plenty of padding because there is a snowball effect because they're, they're just, I don't want to say that they don't care, but I think everybody is just sort of treating it as quesera sera that things are running a little bit late. Right. So we had a great server. She was probably top five servers that we've ever experienced on Disney property. Michelle, she was very well versed in the menu. Very well versed in the menu. And when I say she was a good salesperson, I don't mean like, you know, hey, you want to buy a watch? I mean, like she just like she the way that she could explain the menu and she was so articulate. Um, I mean, she could sell salt to a slug. She was just really that good. But like every recommendation that she made was spot on. Yeah, we went in with a few things in mind that we wanted to try, but it was just the picture that she painted we, we would change our minds. But the cocktails were great. Breakfast was awesome. I, I could have sat there all day. It was wonderful. And we didn't because we had to do the monorail with monorail pub crawl, which was so much fun. Uh, we had quite a few people join us. It was an absolute blast. Yeah, we had such a great time. And... Chapek was not the only one that we saw at the Grand Floridian when we were at Citricos. We got a much better appearance from Josh tomorrow. And I was absolutely thrilled. I was not missing this chance. Along with our friend, we, her, her and I leapt out of our chairs and chased him down to wave hello. And he was very nice. He waved right back. And this guy is just walking around in like a hoodie and jeans, just popping his head in to see what's going on. You know, like... If you hear him speak and if you have the opportunity to meet him, like our friend Kelly from Karma and Kismet did. In fact, she came in to say hello to us briefly, she and her husband, and then shot out of there because they had family in town and runs into Josh tomorrow. Of course. But like when you compare him with Chapek, do you want the guy that has gone on record to say that he doesn't like pass holders or do you want the guy that's popping in taking selfies super articulate talking about how much he loves everybody i mean humors a girl who's a margarita in and waves hello to her 
Yeah, a hundred percent. Like that that man should be the face of the company. I'm just putting that out there. He is, as far as I'm concerned. Let me ask you something though, because okay. he holds Chapik's old position now. Mm-hmm. Do you think that some of this responsibility falls to him? No. As far as <laughs> okay. no. No, I I'm asking in all seriousness though, like as far as the cleanliness of the parks, as far as the guest experience. No, because Bob Iger spared no expense. He let Chapik do everything Chapik had to do to keep those parks in working order. Chapik knows that the parks are going to make money in spite of themselves, so he's not going to invest money into the parks the same way that Iger did because he's going to reinvest the park profit into other areas of the company that need help because, let's call it what it is, they haven't had box office in two years. So he's reinvesting that money. I think Josh Tomorrow's hands are tied, quite honestly. Yeah, and he's he, given like a Band-Aid and paperclip budget to fix bullet for, holes. Yeah, to do plastic surgery. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we had a great time on the bar crawl, and then we went and had dinner at Ohana. Poor planning on our part. Homecoming in Ohana in one day. But you, you had to lay a cushion for the bar crawl and then, and then to, soak it up after. You had to recover it. Uh, some of the changes that they made at Ohana I thought were excellent. Like they changed Still noodles. S- Worth noting, the noodles have not changed. They changed the bread that they served in the beginning, which I thought at first was going to be a disappointment, but it was actually really, really good. I thought you were going to riot. It was so good. And then great. the chicken, instead of doing like chicken chunks, they left they left the chicken on the bone and... It had a nice crispy skin, and the, everything on the bone has just got more flavor anyway, and it's sure. juicier. So the chicken was the best chicken I've ever had at Ohana. I mean, listen, Ohana, the price has gone up a lot since we started going there together 10 years ago. I, I think the price has like nearly doubled, but I still think that it's completely worth every penny for the meal that you get there. You didn't even finish about the chicken. It was also... Drowned in the best chimichurri sauce I have ever had in my life. It was really good. It was out of this world. It was so good. And I don't even like chimichurri sauce, and I thought that this was excellent. Yeah. I I, I wasn't even sure if you were going to eat it, but it was oh, it was so good. And then we got to see Enchanted, and um, we also saw the electric water pageant, which was just so nice. But that view of the fireworks, it, it was so nice to get that view, yes. and they piped the music in like they always do. It was a far better experience than we had the first time. I still want to do it again in the parks. Agreed. But after that second go around with it, I kind of felt like, all right, this is at its worst. It's as good as I thought it was when we saw it on the first day. I was happy that we got to give it another shake on this trip to to give it, you know, more of a fair assessment and to have that wider view. Because what people don't realize from inside the park, these are really big fireworks they're huge i i would say i don't think have happily ever after had fireworks this big i think wishes did and I'm, I'm, this is not me being a wishes stand but i don't remember the fireworks show being so larger than life but you really saw them at a distance um and and maybe it was also because we didn't have them for a while maybe they just look bigger i don't know but it was really nice to take in that view um, the show looked great from a distance. I agree with you. I want to do it one more time in the park to really, you know, confirm or deny it. But I'm I'm glad we got this one 
one last look at it. So then our final day, we shot over to Disney Springs. We left our bags at Bell Services, went down to Disney Springs. Oh, important information about that. Yes. Bell Services, they did try and get ahead of uh, people coming off the Magical Express with their luggage and having to wait in a line to check these bags. There is now a separate drop-off point at Bell Services if you are checking out. So you don't have to wait on that same line as the Magical Express. That was smart. Yeah, it was actually on the back end of the building. It was behind where you would usually check your bags. Um, They moved it behind. So good call. Keep that in mind. Um, But we went to Springs. You know, we, we didn't really do any shopping because there wasn't much to do, quite honestly. Well, we got our Christmas ornament. This is also worth noting. We always get a Christmas ornament when we go, usually something that says the year on it. Um, And we hadn't seen any this entire trip. So we just figured we would have one uh, personalized with the year on it. Disney got ahead of that, too. And they wrote either 2021 or 50th anniversary on a lot of the existing ornaments, like the, the Mickey... Uh, that sort of looks like a, a kaleidoscope effect that yeah. spins within itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had 50th anniversary on that. And if you flipped it over, it said 2021. Uh, we got a castle that lights up with 2021 on it. And they actually, I, I to their credit, they didn't, you know, clobber you over the head for it either. No, they just charged the standard $3 fee in addition to the ticketed price on the on the ornament because they know that people are looking for Ornaments that say Disney 50 looking for 2021 and they're, they're just not there. That was a bummer. I think that's probably what I was the most disappointed in in not finding a Christmas ornament because as you said, we, we have one from every trip. And we could have bought an ornament and like brought it to the mall if we wanted to have it personalized like that. We were going to have it done in the Christmas shop, but you know, Disney thought ahead. Right. So we went and had lunch at Jock Lindsay's. Love that pretzel, that that fully loaded pretzel that the has cargo the, pretzel. Oh, man, the cargo pretzel with the charcuterie. It was it was the right way to cap off that trip. And I like what they did to the boat outside at Jock Lindsay's. They yes. used to have the um, the lounge seating out there. Now it's all bar seating so it can accommodate more people. Yeah, they basically what they did was they did a bar counter around the perimeter of the inside of the boat and they just put chairs there. Um, which was kind of nice because I felt like you had more elbow room and we got to see one of the amphicars take on water as it was leaving the boathouse. I was just going to say that. It has no adverse impact on our trip, but uh, boy, was it fun to watch. Yeah. They were troopers. And, and they all got out just fine. Oh, everything good. everything was totally fine. It was just, you know why? They were just such good sports about it. You were laughing with them, not at them. For sure. This poor guy in the back is trying to hold the door closed. And if you do the Amphicar, make sure it's closed all the way. So now we have been going on for. I think we've been going on for nearly four hours. Um, and it, so I just want to know from you in conclusion, what how what is your final say on on our trip and perhaps things that people should keep if you haven't figured it out yet things that people should keep their eye on if they are planning a Disney trip um in the near future here's the thing i don't want to sound like we ranted 
and were negative and complaining for three hours because I think we did talk about a lot of great experiences that we've had too. And I'm certainly not going to sit here and say that I regret going because really a not great day at Disney is better than your best day at work. Let's call it what it is. I will never, ever regret going to Disney. Um, But things to definitely look out for. Don't do a park on a travel day. If you want to start your trip on a Friday, fly out on Thursday night. uh, If you can't do a whole day. Or, you know, if you're starting on a Saturday, take the Friday. Just get there. Have a leisurely day. Go to Springs. Do not do the parks. As I said, we did it. We made the decision. We knew the risk that we were running. And it bit us in the butt almost immediately. But we did it anyway. And I was happy by the time we got to Rosencrown. And it was still all worth it. Uh, but I definitely don't recommend, especially if you are taking a shorter trip. We also we also had the luxury of time on our side. Yeah. If you are doing a day in each park, don't do a Thursday to a Monday. And think that you're going to get everything done. Because then then I think you will leave disappointed, honestly. Uh, that's where I can see people saying that they feel like it's too expensive to go to Disney and it's not worth it to go because they didn't get to experience everything. So if that's how you want to do your trip, because you know if you can't take off time from work or anything like that, then just temper your expectations. Or really take the time before you go to focus on exactly what it is that you want to do and where you want to spend your time because transportation is not great right now. It's not going to work in your favor. And I feel like that's only going to get worse until the train is built from MCO. Research, research, research. Yes. And to your point, definitely temper your expectations because here's the thing. Like, it's so strange to me that some things ran so smooth and it seemed like the most remedial stuff didn't like the meals and we didn't oh we didn't even mention because we just had so much that we were talking about we went to three bridges with brennan and Catherine. Um, oh gosh yes at, at uh, coronado yes and a couple of other friends too colleen and connor from wdw park planners and wdw opinion we had such a great time with them um and the meal is spectacular. And it's good to note that that's also a late night option for you. Yes. But you have something like that that is just like top notch, knock it out of the park. And then I mobile ordered a Dole Whip. And from the time I checked in to the time they gave it to me was a 40 minute wait. And there were maybe 10 people on the line ahead of me. Like, I'm sorry, but I love a Dole Whip. It's soft serve ice cream. Yeah. It shouldn't take 40 minutes from the time I hit, I checked in. This, And I'm not saying 40 minutes from the start of my window. I'm talking about they. the window is, okay, you come back in a half an hour. Okay, so a half an hour later, I come back, I hit, I'm here, and I wait 40 minutes for one soft serve Dole Whip. So it, it, it seemed like for every one thing they did really good, there were two or three remedial things that just didn't make any sort of sense that they just couldn't hit on. Again, a lot of it is staffing. I think most of it is attitude. And if I'm being honest with you, and I always will be, I love Walt Disney World. I love the Walt Disney Company. That is my absolute number one favorite place 
on the face of the earth. If I could be in one place at any given time, it's either going to be sitting at Dockside Margaritas or walking around World Showcase. Those are the only two places I ever really want to be every single day. And that's partly because we have gone so much, we know what to expect. Now, that, now what comes with that is us being very critical, like we have been in our conversation here. But there's also a renewed sense of hope because we know it's not going to be like this forever. On the other side of life, if this was like the first time I traveled to the parks in 15 or 20 years, if this was the first time I was taking my family and I was in the hole for nine or 10 grand, I'm not saying I would never go back, but I am saying I would be in no rush to go back. And this is where Bob Chapek having this idea of we've already got their money is going to bite him because you got my money this time. You're not going to get it a second time if you drive the wrong people away. Yeah, the wheel's going to keep turning and the parks are going to make money in spite of themselves until guest surveys are so bad, and spoiler, they are, uh, that people just decide, you know what, I'm not, in, I'm not going to invest that much money in going right now. So that way of thought is eventually going to come back to bite you. I realize that he got dealt a really rough hand inheriting these parks when we have to bounce back from a global pandemic. Nobody's taking that away from him. However, using said pandemic as an excuse to cut corners is unacceptable. And he's just not looking at the bigger picture and thinking long term. For sure. But we are very interested in hearing from you, our friend. If you have gone to Walt Disney World, what your experience is. Did we just get a lemon? Is it possible that we just got a lemon of a trip? It's completely possible, but I'm interested in knowing if you have had a similar experience, if you guys are planning on traveling, or perhaps if you're holding off, because I know there are a lot of people that are continuing to push trips back for either it's it's a COVID concern or it's a crowd concern, but we just want to hear from you. You can let us know what's going on with you and your life in the Disney parks on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Monoreal Radio. Or you can email us, monorealradio at gmail.com. Now, I know you guys have given us a ton of your time so far, but I implore you, if you lasted this long, just stick it out for a few more minutes because we have an incredible prize pack to give away. News of the week, for those of you who have been with us for a while, as you know, is brought to you by Karma and Kismet Designs. We talked about our friend Kelly a little while ago. We have something very special coming in 2022. We have a new project that we're starting in addition to Monoreal. We actually have a lot of things that are happening in 2022, and I'm so tempted to tell you about it right now, but you're going to have to wait a couple of more weeks, and I promise you that's harder for me than it is for you because I just want to get all of this off of my chest. So it's killing me that I'm not able to tell any of you about it. But the wheels are in motion. We have a logo. As Sean said, we have been working with Kelly for a while. We're brand ambassadors for Carmen Kismet because we absolutely love the products that she puts out. She does all kinds of stationery, uh, greeting cards, yeah, media save kits. the dates. Yeah. Uh, but what we haven't, 
really talked about and now we have experienced firsthand is her logo design uh, and her branding. We knew she was wonderful and that's why we went to her. And when we brought our idea to her, she just immediately got it to a point where I was like, get out of my head. She just knew exactly what we wanted. She was so quick to respond, quick to set up a meeting, so completely attentive to everything that we had to say and came to us with a couple of renditions of what she had in mind. If we needed to make edits, we could make edits. I mean, it's like everything she did was A+. And she outlined all of it. So we knew exactly what to expect as far as what was going to be delivered at what stage when we would need to give feedback, how many edits we would be able to do, just from a, a, a freelance perspective, just so smart how she's looking out for what her clients need and how she can time out her scope of the project. So if you need any sort of branding, if you need any of the products we mentioned earlier, just remember that you do get a 10% discount with the code MONOREAL10 at checkout. And she is found online at karmaandkismetdesigns.com. That's karma, the letter N, kismetdesigns.com. It goes without saying that the news for us this week is centered around the announcements that were made on Disney Plus Day. And we don't usually do news with bonus episodes because... They're not our regular format, but being that we were there on Disney Plus Day, how do we not talk about this? Yeah, and it's it's a lot of Marvel. It's Marvel-centric, which if I'm being honest with you, I'm kind of cautiously optimistic about um, because for the sake of repeating myself, didn't love Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Obviously, the end of Wanda kind of flopped. Didn't love Loki as much as we were hoping. Yeah, so... Like, I'm excited, but I am cautiously optimistic. Well, before Marvel, here's a big one, I think, for everybody. Enchanted is finally up there. A lot of people, myself included, were thrilled. Hallelujah. And with that, we also got a little tease for Disenchanted. We know that's coming now, fall 2022. And Miss Idina posted that she might have a song. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's, it is, I, It's one of my favorite movies, period. So I am just so happy to see that it has finally made its way to Disney+. Plus. Let's. I'm just going to name off the Marvel titles because, quite honestly, like, there's just so many of them. Like, this this episode is long enough. We've eaten up enough time. I don't need to sit here and break down every single thing here. And a lot of these, too, were already announced. We're just getting either more artwork for them or a vague date of when they're coming. Oh, you mean summer. Coming winter. Winter when? Winter Wonderland? Winter Summerland? Yeah, th- this kind of bait and switch is getting a little aggravating. And and this is where people are really starting to compare things to Universal. Universal announces something and then it goes up. Yeah. Disney very much takes their time. But uh, the slate of... Ty- of uh, Marvel Studios titles. We have Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel. Season All of which were announced, I believe. Season two of What If? Echo. That's a Hawkeye spinoff, I believe. Yeah. Spider-Man, Freshman Years. I Am Groot. 
Ironheart, Zombies, Secret Invasion, and the we knew one about that, Secret Invasion, and the one that was the big surprise for everyone was Agatha House of Harkness. Was it a surprise, though? I mean, yes, it was probably the biggest announcement of the day, but is anybody surprised she's getting her own show? I mean, look, the thing is, it's like, I try not to speculate too much. I said that earlier. I don't like to report on rumors. It was safe to assume that she'd get a spinoff, but it's it's one thing when when you think she's going to get one, and it's a totally different story when they confirm it. Um, and they also released a handful of films to Disney+. Plus. Other than Enchanted, we also got Shang-Chi, which if you haven't seen it yet, do yourself a favor, go watch it. It was spectacular. You got Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise, which was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and then I, the Home Sweet Home Alone, which we haven't watched yet, and I have just heard a lot we of... We were like, away, to be fair. We got some catching up to do. I just heard a lot of... Mixed reviews. I'll just say that. Mixed reviews. I feel like if you are a child of the 80s or early 90s, you're probably going to be a little bit more harsh when it comes to your criticism of a Home Alone reboot, remake, whatever you want to call it. I would agree with that. Let's get you through Ghostbusters first and then we'll see how it goes. I have one more sleep. One more sleep until afterlife. Uh, We also got some, well, this was announced already. We got Zootopia. Is it, are they really calling it Zootopia Plus? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Real creative. But we got some artwork for it. So it looks like we're going to get more from uh, some of my favorite characters. Uh, The the Godfather spoof. Yes. You see the bride there. Uh, We got more sloths. It looks like. Uh, we have more of, uh, oh, forgive me, I forget his name, the the cheetah who worked at the front and yes. got fired. Yes. The one that um, he Judy the, got fired. Yes. So I'm excited to spend some more time with these characters and see see where this goes. Uh, we got the announcement for Cars on the Road. So Owen Wilson and Larry the Cable Guy are back as Lightning McQueen and Mater. Uh, we can never get enough Mater. Uh on the Star Wars slate, we know we're getting, obviously, the Book of Boba Fett. They're giving us Under the Helmet, the legacy of Boba Fett. Uh, High School Musical, the musical, the series, season three. Not a surprise. Keep cashing in on Olivia Rodrigo while you get her, because... Once she's gone, she's, she's gone. She's a shooting star. Uh, Pinocchio with Tom Hanks, the live-action Pinocchio. Um, fall 2022. Um... I think we kind of knew that. Yeah. Uh, or at least vaguely. Uh, same with Hocus Pocus. Obviously, that's going to be announced. That's coming in the fall. I kind of have a feeling, though, they might give us that one in September. I don't I, know. Why, yeah. I don't think they're going to hold it until October. It wouldn't surprise me if they released it Labor Day weekend and, and had the entire fall with it. Another one I am super, super excited about Um they're not calling it a reboot. They're calling it a comeback 30 years later. Chippendale Rescue Rangers uh, with John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. Uh, we knew about this one. Yeah. Uh, but now we have some artwork for it. Um, that's just awesome. I'm I'm very excited for that. And there's a rumor. I didn't see the artwork, but somewhere in the artwork, there's a Darkwing Duck picture, supposedly. So there's a 
there's a rumor that Darkwing Duck will be the next thing that they reboot, which wouldn't surprise me because we've seen it now with Rescue Rangers. We've seen it with DuckTales. It would only make sense that if you're going through that, you know, that Disney afternoon lineup, that eventually you would get to Darkwing Duck. Uh, we got the official trailer for Baymax, which looks awesome. I'm excited for that. Um, and we got a couple of new shows from Nat Geo. We've got Welcome to Earth starring Will Smith. We have Limitless with Chris Hemsworth, who I never knew was a method actor. I didn't know he was going full Thor, but here we are. Oh, no kidding. And no Nat Geo announcement for the show that I really want to see. Well, soon enough, perhaps. I think I can talk about it now, though. We have a release date. I just don't know when it's coming to the streamer. Maybe best to just hold back on that. Not worth getting yourself in trouble. If you haven't figured out what we're talking about, Jackie has a show she worked on that's going eventually to Disney+. Plus. We just don't know when, just yet. But it's exciting nonetheless. Believe me, you will know when we are okay to talk about it. I was glued to this phone. I mean, we were on the line for two hours for Jungle Cruise. I had nothing better to do other than stare at the garbage. I was dying for this announcement, and I still don't have it yet. But with all of that being said, yeah, it was a lot a lot of Disney Plus news. All right. So if you're not sick of us rambling on for three hours, you're going to have a lot more content to come because we have a lot more shows coming our way. Yeah, three hours was an hour ago. <laughs> um, okay, last thing. And this is probably what most of you have been holding out for at this point in time because I just love to bribe you. We have a really, really awesome prize pack. We, You guys know that every time we go to a Disney park... We do shopping. We love to bring you guys stuff to put in the mail, give away. So I have the prize pack here. We did manage to get our hands on some 50th merch. A little bit. As, as scarce as it was, we did, we did not come back empty-handed for you. So here in the bag, here in the happy bag, we have... Which we will give you. Which we will give you. We have Disney Park maps, of course... You know you always get Disney Park maps from us. But they have all of the iridescent weenies on them. Mm-hmm. I haven't said that in a while, and that feels... R- I didn't say it once while we were down there. I didn't call anything an iridescent weenie to its face. That was a missed opportunity. But they are all on the covers of the brochures, and they look gorgeous. Yeah, and then the, we have a magic guide for Disney 50. We also have one of the pins that we received on Disney Plus Day. We have... Yes, a- we're not selling it on eBay. We are giving, giving it to it, you. Yeah giving it away. We have a festival passport from the Food and Wine Festival. We've also got an assortment of coasters. Clean coasters, mind you. We asked the cast members for clean ones. These are not Jackie and Sean used coasters. Yeah, those those are worth more money, though. Um, <laughs> Skipper Canteen, Raglan Road. Uh, Enchanted Rose is in there somewhere. Enchanted Rose and Jacques Lindsay's Hangar Bar. It's a pair of coasters brand new from each of those dining locations. We also have a rubber duck from the boathouse in, what is that called? The Razzmatazz or the Duckamatazz? Duck, Duck, Raz. Duck, Duck, Raz. We've got a mason jar from Beaches and Cream. And we have a Disney Parks pin, uh, the 50th anniversary of the Magic King, well, of the entire park, but it's Cinderella Castle with Mickey and Minnie 
and the 50th anniversary logo on it. For the love of God, don't trade it. Um, we will have pictures of all of this. But wait, there's more. Yes. We have a we have a Disney Pictures t-shirt that we are giving away as well as what might be my favorite item just because we needed so much of it to get through the trip. And it's not booze. I know that's a surprise. <laughs> We have a bag of Joffrey's coffee. It is the blend that they made for the 50th anniversary. We drank it every single day in our room. We bought a few bags home to get us through our, you know, through the end of the year until we get to our next Disney trip. And this is an actual bag. We did not take the packets from the hotel room. We got you an actual bag of coffee. This is an actual bag of coffee. So if you want to win our Disney Parks prize pack all you need to do is follow us on that social media twitter instagram and facebook at monorail radio we're going to have a post in regards to this contest as jackie said we'll post a photograph of the items that we're giving away like the social media like the post and tag a friend that's all you need to do um and i think we're going to run this for a week I think I think a week's enough time. Yeah, I think a week is good. Should we do two? It's a holiday week That's that true. we're going into. Uh, I tell you what, then I'm going to make it really easy. Then um, you have until Monday, November 29th at 11:59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we will announce the winner on the show that drops on November the 30th. Which should be Moana for its 50th anniversary. Holy cow. F- 50th. 50th. Fifth. I was going to say 50th. Jesus, no. There's a lot of 50 going on here. Uh, but yeah, can you believe Moana? Five years old already. Yeah. Um, well, that was the first film we saw when we came back from our honeymoon. We honeymooned in Hawaii, so we were really excited to see Moana. Um, and you're just going to have to wait to hear our review of it. Although, if you've been following us for three years, you kind of already know what our review is of it. But thank you guys so much for joining us this and every week on Monoreal Radio. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate us on Verbal or your podcast platform of choice. I've mentioned all of that social media. We are also on TikTok at Monoreal Radio. Email you can us- see all of our... Uh- Videos from the parks. I posted a bunch. Yeah, you were really active on there. And actually, got a lot of people were kind of tuning into our videos and going to our page because people just love this stuff. Right? I also had a lot of downtime. I, I never want to. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> did. I, I'm not a Disney influencer. I'm here to talk about the movies. I didn't go to the parks just to post that I was in the parks, but I had some time on my hands. Uh, you can also email us monorealradio at gmail.com and for links to all of the social media plus the email and everything else that we have going on right now, it is online at monorealradio.com. For Jackie, I'm Sean. Have a magical week, everyone. On behalf of Monoreal Radio, we'd like to thank you for joining us. We'll see you at the movies, the stuff dreams are made of.